forever. Dog. On today's episode of Weekend at Bergman's, why don't we get drunk and choose the better movie? Which of these two movies is better? Representing the art house, it's Alexander Payne's 2004 wine country buddy dramedy Sideways, starring Paul Giamatti, Thomas Hayden Church, Virginia Madsen, and Sandra Oh. And representing the mainstream, it's Broken Lizard's 2006 Chugathon Beer Fest. Joe, are you ready? Brett, you know it. Then, Brian, roll that theme song! <laughs> oh, Jesus. can I sing over it? Every week, you and I watch two movies together. Well, not quite together, because we watch them apart. You at your house and me at mine. Whoa! Every week we watch the same two movies. I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot. But how do we choose these two movies? Well, one is a brilliant, beautiful work of cinematic art. The height of the medium, and the other one is mainstream. I'm talking Pino, baby. Honey, what a big fun. What happens when we watch them back to back? And we have to say which one we like better. But And we have to be honest. Welcome. We're going to watch an art house movie and a mainstream movie, and then we're going to decide which one is better, and the one that's better is going to go in the canon, and the one that we don't pick is going to go in the trash canon, and we can never watch it again. Uh, And more on the trash canon later. Yeah, let's do a little teaser right now, folks. You're going to want to stick around this episode because I'm just going to say it at the top. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to thread this bad boy through. Tease it. Folks, we're going to start off the show today. Usually we do a segment. We're holding the segment. We're going to talk movies first and then stick around. We are. I mean, we, this is huge news, Brett. Oh, I think this we is just, big. Let, this, let, big. This, yeah, this is really important this to the big. lore, this to, to, the, to the community. Why don't you walk us through your thought process here and tell the folks, how is this season one of Bergman's wrapping up? And right. What are we doing All right. today? So in a little bit, we're going to talk about uh, Sideways versus Beer Fest, the penultimate episode of this of this year. Right. Uh, but next week, next Monday, back on our regular schedule, uh, regularly scheduled broadcast, Sorry, I just drank so much Pinot. Um, uh, <laughs> He's got in a big vase. Next Monday, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which uh, went against the Bicycle Thieves a while back. We put the Bicycle Thieves in the canon as we, we we just felt compelled to. We felt that it was the better movie. However, we really like Pee-wee's Big Adventure. We know that all of you really like Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It was a big, uh, it was a bit of a controversy. You gave us your thoughts on why Pee-wee uh, deserved a second thought. Really thoughtful uh, uh, analysis that you sent in. It's been an ongoing conversation. Joe was kind of uh, uh, trolling in on Twitter and then getting some pushback. So Pee Wee's is really kind of at the epicenter of this whole podcast in terms of how we're judging movies, how we're thinking about movies, where they're going. And so in honor of Pee Wee, yeah. we made something called, we made a third category called right. Burgatory. Right. In which certain films on very rare occasions can go and they will await a, a second chance. They will await a second chance at glory. They get one more shot down the road at either going into the cannon or going back in the trash can, at which point they can never return. They can never return. 
uh, much like Eurydice, right? At the very end, when Orfeo looks back and then Eurydice goes, what? She falls back into hell. They can never return. You know, my they whole can never life, return you know, to the land, land of the living. Eurydice. Eurydice. Uh, Eurydice. Uh, I mean, like, what do, what do I know? I'm just saying that is LOL. Mm -hmm. I always said Eurydice. I've listened to the opera a couple times and they say you're a DC. I don't I'm not claiming to be so, right. I don't Just know. interesting. I mean they might be they they might be getting it wrong. Uh -huh. yeah. Um so today yeah. this is the long awaited the long awaited revelation. Uh, we haven't revealed what movie Pee-wee's Big Adventure is going to be going against. Right. And later in this episode we're going to reveal it. And the way that we've decided to do it. And this right. is a little unprecedented. This maybe tweaks the rules and the lore a little bit. We are going to, and this was re uh, recommended by a listener. I'm sorry, I can't remember. The second week in a row. By the way, last week's episode, Click versus Synecdoche, New York, was recommended by Jer. Thank you very much, Jer. We I could not, we did not have your name last week. Jer in the Discord recommended Synecdoche, New York, Synecdoche, New York versus Click, and Thank that was you. a great uh, uh, episode. Um, somebody else recommended that we should do a bracket, a March Madness style bracket of all of the trash cannon movies. Because there's some good movies in the trash cannon. The trash cannon is excellent. There's some good movies. The trash cannon would be a great film if you, festival. If you grab 20 movies out of a bag, there's no way you're getting as good at 20 pulls as the trash cannon. They're, they're excellent films. We are going to follow your advice. Gummo's in there. Listener, we're going to follow your advice. Predator's in there. Dropped a Gorgeous in there. Jean Dielman is crazy. in there. Cook the thief, his wife, and her lover. Showgirls is in there. The secret, uh, Fast and the Furious is in it's there. It's ridiculous. So we are going to uh, take your advice. We're going to do a bracket a march madness style bracket at the very end of this episode of all the trash cannon movies and the winner of that bracket the winner of that bracket because we created burgatory sort of midway late through the, the show late late in the, late, pod, late in the season not all trash can films had an opportunity for burgatory right. also i was thinking uh to take uh peewee out of burgatory for next week's episode that that means that there's a spot in burgatory available so there's a lot of ways look in hell, yeah. we're gonna in do this yeah, and, right. and you can you can use whatever rationale you think you, you like the best but we're gonna do this so we're going to uh, do a March Madness style bracket of the Trash Cannon, and the winner, the winner of that uh, of that Trash Cannon tournament, is going to go up against Pee Wee's Big Adventure next week. And do so you do you know what stay else? Stay tuned. I'm, I'm, can I hype up the episode a little bit more, please? Next week is the season finale of Weekend at Bergman's. Ugh. We love you all for having fun with us and like playing Bergman's with us this year. It was great. Next week. I'll just go ahead and say it. It's gonna we're gonna be a live stream. It's gonna be on Monday night, our regular time. Regularly scheduled. It's broadcast. gonna be just our good old fashioned, and we have a guest flying out. What flying? What this is out. news to me? This is news to me. Alex Ramsey is flying out, Brett, for the season finale. Alex Ramsey, the third, the third co-founder co of, co of her. All me, you, and Alex will be on stage in the big room for the season finale of Bergman's. That's big. He's going to be rummaging big. in the Bergman's pile. We're going to be doing we're lists. We're going to do the Bergman's pile. We're going to talk we're about gonna do lists. We're going to talk we're going to talk about uh Kanye and anti-semitism. Speaking of, yeah. we should get uh Alex to walk out of the episode. That's a great idea, but then yeah. come back cuz we're going to have then fun. Then come back, yes. And, and we're going to have fun Before and, and the show started, we were talking oh, about how um, we're not going to talk about anti-semitism. Uh, Kanye um and then his two goons, uh Nick Fuentes and and, and Milo Yiannopoulos. Yeah. Isn't it great that Milo is back in the news? Oh. Oh my god. How did he worm his way back into the news his, cycle? Whatever, what a, what whatever a, he did to his like body, face, and voice during his transformation into a Christian nationalist, right, is so off putting. Into a straight Christian did, nationalist because he also says he's not gay anymore. It's yeah. he, whatever he did physically is as disturbing as what he did um, politically. Yeah. He just looks like a different guy. Not like he like got so much plastic. I guess he did a little bit, but it took me like six pictures to be like, oh, that guy's Milo. Yes, he really yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. 
He, that guy is a fucking sicko. It's, uh, and, uh, it's like Catherine O'Hara at the end of Four Year Consideration, where she's just like not... <laughs> yeah, and look, right. no shade to uh, cosmetic surgery, but no. you know there's a point where someone Every, has... Right. There's, there's someone much. has done it so much that they are unrecognizable. Maybe that was the point. The Milo, um, I wonder if that, that... Yeah. Yeah, very on purpose or not quite 100% on purpose. He looks like... Um, Remember that old, remember the Nazi Richard Sherman from a couple years ago? Dude, yeah. He looks like Richard Sherman. I was honestly thinking of... (laughs) You thought it was Richard Sherman? (laughs) No, I thought when Fuentes and Miley Yiannopoulos came back into the news cycle, uh, well, Fuentes has been on a trajectory he towards is. the new, news cycle. Oh, I mean, this yeah. was this has been years in the making, him mm-hmm. him getting into like a national news cycle. And he, you know, he fucking loves it, that little snake. He's a um he played it's not even worth card. Fuentes is not even Fuentes is the worst of the bunch. He's he is he is by far it's the hard worst. to it's pick hard, a worst. But Fuentes, like, compared to literally Milo, it's tough, but like Fuentes is abhorrent. Fuentes is is despicable. Ab- abhorrent and is he's despicable. Um there is even he makes everyone else look he he makes everyone else look sort of like they're like they're uh he's just at the bottom he's there's no like negotiation you know there's no like pup like I'm gonna sort of soft pitch no. this part of it for this no. and this and do this he he's, is he's all the way there he is true he is at the very bottom he's daily he stormer. is he's daily he's literally he's all yes, the way there he, yes yeah, yeah yeah he's a white supremacist yes yeah, yeah you know what's so crazy though I he I was watching. I folks, I am obsessed with um, right wing commentary in like a sick, disgusting way, and I've always have been. This Fuentes shit blows up. The the Kanye thing goes on. Tim Pool, horrible. Tim Pool's right. horrible. Thank you. This podcast. is what we were talking about. Is they but, walked oh, off. Sorry. They walked off Tim Pool, but, and he got a lot of attention. Here, here's and we, what I want to yeah. say about this, Brett. Like I watched Fuentes on a couple different YouTube shows, and like guys. Like shows featuring people from all walks of life, different backgrounds. You know, people the the YouTubers that try to like have facilitate conversations, conversations with black people, white people, like all about all the stuff. And he is um brazen in his racism. And the kids, I'm worried about the kids. The kids are sick. Like we all think the right wing is like fucking Glenn Beck. It's like no, 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 no. no, no. It's Fuentes. They are so much worse than yeah. you. They have no look up, look up, stock a, look in up the future up, of this country. Look up or don't for your mental don't. health. Mm-hmm. Uh, look up Groiper Army if you want to know uh, what is actually going on. But they, they um, there are the people coming out of the woodwork for the Kanye Fuentes white nationalist Christian nationalist yeah. right is just. Uh, not necessarily shocking, but just so abhorrent. Why are we talking about this? Like, I mean, besides it's very because we want to get and... Alex Ramsey to walk off our podcast <laughs> to get more publicity <laughs> anyway, for it. Ramsey's because, coming um, on Berg yes. to talk about. So we're actually sh- borrowing yeah. uh, strategies yes, uh, from yes. this crew, right? Right. Um. Uh. No, but uh, the uh, Tim Pool, whatever that asshole got attention this week because Kanye walked off his podcast. Yeah. Um. Uh. Because he was he was lightly not really pushing back against uh, Kanye's like explicit anti-Semitism. Yeah, like, he pushed is, back. Yeah, lightly. He, you know, whatever. And but then Kanye gets up and walked up. Blah blah. It's all Kanye, a game. It's all a fucking Kanye, game. They all know what they're doing. They're all fucking. Dude, uh, they. It's all a fucking con. Um. But they also really believe this stuff. So it's like dude, they, it's, that's the problem. Yeah. Is they real this yeah. this? I thought they really believe. When he it. sent the DefCon tweet, I was like, "Wow, this guy's sick." Then when I heard him recently, like he's not like kind of LOL sometimes saying anti-Semitic things. His platform is anti-Semitism. Like that yeah. is the no, that no, is what um, he, that's what is that is what they are talking about. As like the as if someone running for president was talking about lowering taxes. Like it is the number one thing 
on that disgusting cruise agenda. And it's old school. I it's like believe. it's it's all from the old school, like uh, you know, uh, Henry Ford, Charles Lindbergh, like school of anti-Semitism. It's there was a, a um, uh, Marissa on Twitter uh, who I don't know if she f- listens to Bergman's, but she's a big Double Threat fan uh, and is is great on Twitter. Um, uh, uh, she. Uh, Last week tweeted like we're we're like two days away from like talking about the quote unquote Jewish question right in the sense of like in the sense of like the thirty like nineteen thirties anti semitism and it's it's not uh, she's not wrong they are they it is the playbook of like it is the playbook of like not like it's literally pre Third Reich nineteen thirties playbook of of um of all of the connotations of like uh uh. Uh, Jewish people controlling things, having undue influence, having insidious intentions, Everything. taking things away from other people, replacement theory stuff. Um, it is truly that playbook, and uh, it has a big audience. That's a big Dude, audience. Replacement theory, yes. not in the abstract. Yes. These guys are dead serious. The yep. problem is, immig- like as as they are obsessed with this. As a pop, as our population decreases, the influx of immigration will change our quote unquote culture yep. as America. And I I'm mean, actually glad. Real I, stuff. In a way, I I hate that he's getting publicity. In a way, I'm glad that 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 people are becoming aware of Nick Fuentes because, yeah. If not, like the because Nick Fuentes has been along with like libs of TikTok, libs right. of TikTok for like anti-gay, anti-trans. Uh, stuff and then um, Nick Fuentes for anti-Semitism right. and racism. They have been the feeder, like the feeder. They've been feeding. Uh, they've been the pipeline for Fox News now for years. Oh, of course. Like, like, and you know, you can go on Twitter and online and find montages that people cut together of this, of like Nick Fuentes talking points, then becoming like they just become like slightly softballed or euphemistic on Fox News, but it's literally the same talking point, just just softened a touch. Um, and not, so it, Fuentes, libs of TikTok, all that shit um, feeds right into the biggest cable news network uh, in the world. Bro, I had a friend who worked at Fox News about five or six yeah. years ago who quit in protest. This is before Fox became Trump and all that. I mean, it was bad, but like yeah. he was just a fucking guy working at somewhere. He was working on they, Red Eye he's before, working on before Red Eye, Greg Red Eye, was, all, was a total— it, it, Well, yeah. he worked for— sh- uh, Tom Shalhoub. Okay, doesn't yeah. matter. It was just like he worked there for a couple of weeks or whatever. He took a job and then he quit. And he was like, "This yeah. horrible." Yeah, because what Brett's saying isn't like kind of true. His the, the teams would go back then. Breitbart was like the third rail. Right. Now Breitbart's like fucking sleepy time tea. But you know they'd go on Breitbart. They would dig up stories and they send them to not just to they send them to Sean Hannity and Roger Ailes and that's where they come up with this shit and that's why you can see Tucker parroting Nick Fuentes because yeah. he's interested in exactly the same things. Yep, they're very very powerful and very very scary. Anyway, um, I love talking about that because it's very interesting. But Brett, we're here to talk about all right. Movies. We're here to talk about movies. Sorry, everyone. And then, so, um, before before we get into um uh, or no before we get to our bracket yeah. we're gonna do our we're gonna do movies first we're gonna leave the big old game for the end because we have we got to put one on this bracket brad that's right we do have to put one on this bracket um and which one's it gonna be let's look so the theme today is obviously drinking movies yeah and particularly sort of like like bro centric buddy comedy centric uh drinking movies yeah and uh, this pairing was suggested by former guests Joe and Jenna Silver, who are on the uh, Empire vs. 9 to 5, uh, my 40th birthday live stream. Um, two very smart friends of ours who know a lot about movies, watch a lot of movies. I loved this pairing. And Jenna um, writes movies. Jenna writes movies uh, coming to a theater near the, you one very of the soon. writers of our generation. Um, and so they had, I think they had actually recommended 
uh, Another Round as the art house movie, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never seen Beer Fest, though. And in watching Beer Fest, it was, it was almost too on the nose because I feel like Beer Fest is like literally another round as a comedy, as like well, a, yeah. a, as a goofy comedy. Yeah. It's literally like guys uh, uh, commit to drinking as a lifestyle and, and, like, and like ignore everything else in their lives and then one of them dies. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is just, well, I was like, literally I was like, did, did Thomas Vinterberg, the famous like Danish director from Dog Me 95, like was he inspired by Beer Fest? It's not, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Hey, Beer Fest is, we'll it talk is, about it. Well, I won't spoil our like, opinion, but let's go both, why wouldn't you watch go, Beer Fest? Let's go both ways yeah. with this. Like if we're all, you know, we're always like, you know, obviously SNL's always stealing from uh, Twitter comedians and things like that. But like, you know, maybe the art house, maybe Thomas Vinterberg stole another round from, from, uh, from Beer Fest. Why not? I love another round. It's so good. We will watch it at some point. Why um, not? But it was almost too on the nose. Uh, I liked. I think um, I, I like it a lot. But I think um, we went with sideways versus um, versus uh, uh, beer fest. Um, and I can't wait to talk about these two movies. Uh, sideways. I've seen. We were talking about this before. I only realized in watching it for this podcast how many times I've seen Sideways because I sometimes have to watch these movies while I'm watching while I'm the main person watching Sandy, which means I'm like watching mostly but then also listening because i'll have to run after sandy and i'm just like hearing things you know from the other room that happened with sideways and hearing sideways i could still see it like literally whatever like i have almost the whole movie dialogue memorized because it's so quotable now brett and i have been friends for a long time and brett i similarly we're look look, cat's out of the bag yeah we love this film love this movie and every time i go back it's very hard to watch it with fresh eyes i did but it's very hard every time i go back we're talking we're starting sideways every time sideways first every time i go back to sideways i expect you know after all these years it's like alexander Payne lost a little shine um sideways as like a concept you you didn't like downsizing too no too (laughs) you know pretentious white wino guys go yeah. and cheat on their wives movie oh i'm done with that i, I always kind of go back and i'm like oh this you know it gets called pretentious um it gets called it's like you know it's two guys going and snob, snobbing it up about wine together and cheating on their wives and, and partners i um uh but but brett uh, upon rewatch i confirm for the 20th time this is a stone cold classic it's so good it's arguably um uh it's I I think it's I think it's one of the like perfect films, and I'm not wow. saying it's one of the best films of all time because you know it's perfect relative to its ambitions, what it sets out to do, mm. and what it's like trying to do, and it's the world it's trying to present, and the characters it's trying to present. Yeah, I it's flawless. I don't know how you would do a better. I don't know how you would make this movie better. It truly what it's trying to do. I think it is in its in its in its world. I think it is a perfect movie. I I think it works so well because what i realized upon this rewatch is oh it's not pretentious the the person that hates these characters the most are these characters yeah you know like they i i think when i when a movie first came out i was younger and there was like a romanticism of of paul giamatti's character almost in the sense that he was like somebody to not not aspire to quite because he has a little bit of like a but borderline aspire to yeah. uh, someone who has like passions about wine and and love and virginia madison and there's a but as I, as i've watched it time and time again and as i've gotten older and older i realized like there's nothing to really admire about yeah. this guy besides passion i think it's only because pa- like i think the I, performance is so good the performance yeah. is what is what is what creates a kind of empathy for the character and creates yeah. maybe even a sense that this is a sort of somewhat heroic like a sort of downtrodden 
a heroic character, but he, but the movie, he is the a, movie knows he's a he is a, he's a pathetic, he's a pathetic, selfish, uh, pretentious person. But man, he and has he a knows, big heart for his he, love, his he, passion of wine, and that's so cool. Yeah. Like wine is pretentious, but I. But is it like I find when people have passions about something they love, yeah. you can't call it pretentious. Like he honestly, what I like about the movie, why it has a big heart, is like Paul Giamatti honestly yeah. loves wine, and Thomas yeah. Hayden Church honestly loves Paul let's Giamatti. Say, let's say for we let's say for the record, this is a, a Bergman's principle. This is like a moral we live by. The only thing pretentious is like false enthusiasm. Yeah. True enthusiasm, it doesn't matter what it's for, is not pretentious. It's yeah. also not like. Um, you know, uh, uh, it's also in, in the other direction. It's not like too like low or too like uh, you know dumb or whatever. It's like no, no. like true enthusiasm, regardless of its yeah. object, is is the point of life. It's Dude, what we're all I, after. I don't like like D and D podcasts, but right. my friends that like love D and D and God love, bless. It's like, it's like God bless. That sounds awesome, man. God like bless. God, rock and roll. You know what I mean? This guy loves wine and yeah. For real. And I, I found it very like charming. And you know what else was charming? Well, my wife said, um, uh, and she told me this before, uh, had a, when she, she saw this uh, around when it came out uh, and had a major crush on Paul Giamatti's character, um, right. which I love because I feel like I am in some ways the manifestation of that character. So, but that makes um, me Thomas you're welcome, Amy. I am your, I am your Miles, your Paul Giamatti that you found at the end of your journey here, Brian laughing in the I'm background. I'm so glad you said it. Laughing Brett. at my, laughing at the great love story that Amy and I have, have, um, have ripped from the jaws of this lifeless and cruel world. Uh, I am your Miles <laughs> and you are my Mia, if you want to be, or you're my Amy. I don't know. It, we'll, we'll think about it later. It's fine. But you, she could be the Mia. She'd be the Mia. I just don't know if you want, you know, I don't want to, I, she doesn't you know, want. Who doesn't want to be Virginia Madsen? I, I love. Yeah, I, I you know I, I would love what? that. You, I would love you'd that. You'd rather her be I just Virginia wanna, Madsen. Look, I don't want to. I'm not. I just don't want to speak for my wife in this case. You can pick a character from another movie. It can be a great. I would, I'll speak for my wife, yeah. honey. You can be my Sandro any day of the week. Great, that's right. awesome. I am more than happy, Amy, for you to be my Mia. I just don't want to uh, assume that that's the character that you identify with. Why don't we go? You ahead can be and, anybody. Let's hit these motherfuckers with some history and tell some me plot in the chat, so Amy, who you want to be. We can talk. Uh, from all movies, from it doesn't all have to movies. be Mia. It can be miles yeah. from sideways. Right. It can be anybody you and want. And then it can be, you know, uh, uh, it can be um, uh, Maleficent. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash officehourslive. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. <laughs> Sideways, um... Uh, came out in 2004. It was directed by, of course, as we said, Alexander Payne. It was written by Payne and his uh, writing partner, Jim Taylor. Um, it was based on a, a novel by Rex Pickett that I believe had not actually come out yet. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like cool. they had gotten a draft of it, and Alexander Payne was like, this is my next movie. Um, uh, I think that's I think that's true, because I've, I've, you know... That was a thing I've, in Over Hollywood time, I've read yeah. everything about this movie, and I remember, I remember reading that. Because um, Rex Pickett then later did a... a uh, Play adaptation of it uh, that played in some uh, small the some small theaters up and down the old California coast. There, um, obviously, this movie had a 
big, you all remember this if you were alive in 2004, this movie was kind of a phenomenon in its in the it being like one of the first things to really put this big focus on the wine industry and wine people. This was a world that I don't think had the kind of exposure then that it did now, post Sideways, post uh, the um, uh, Psalm documentaries and all those spinoffs, which, which love Joe Psalm. loves and I love. Um, uh, so this um, movie had a big impact. It uh, famously um, uh, decreased Merlot sales and increased uh, Pinot sales. Um, the Merlot side of that equation is the one everyone wants to believe, and that's the more questionable one because Merlot sales dropped like two percent um, after this movie came out. Pinot sales increased. Pinot Noir sales increased sixteen percent. Really? Yes. So I think people were less um, anti Merlot. It's everyone, a funny joke. Every, yeah, it's a very in the movie. He, honestly, he screams, oh, "We're not drinking Merlot." Still plays. Still oh. plays. I've heard it a hundred times. Dude, the movie made because me laugh it's the context. So much. It's the context of that line. It's the buildup. It's the Dude. fact that it's like it's it, and it, it sort of sums the movie up because they're talking they're having like a serious conversation about this double date they're about to go on and mm -hmm. it, it's bringing up all the shit from their past about mm -hmm. how um, miles is this fucking downer loser who like who makes every situation unbearable with his like <laughs> depressed like yeah. like his shit um and and then miles is like looks down on um uh jack because jack is like trying to get laid on his bachelor trip you know right before he's about to get married um and so they're having this real conversation but that line is silent it's 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 like the least important thing they're talking about merlot and miles delivers it with such this out of nowhere like aggressiveness he screams it and it but you know that it's like I love it. it's also it's is it's it's simultaneously the fact that he like cares more about he's displaced all of his emotions into wine so he cares more about wine than all of the actual like real shit in his life but simultaneously he's He's putting yeah. all the real shit in his life into wine. Mm. So the the way he screams about Merlot, I am not drinking any fucking Merlot. He's like screams at the top of his lungs in his parking lot is so funny because of and it never loses the impact because of not because of the line itself, but because of the lead up to the line and the way the line explodes out of that dialogue. He is so loud oh, it's so fucking good. It Sorry, let's get our 60 second review. Yeah, let's of, our 60 second summary, I should say. Once again, I am chugging Pinot Noir over here. Yeah. Our 60 second summary of um, Sideways. Joe, when you're ready, please delight us. Two friends, let's say they're 40 ish years old. One, 45 ish, 40. One, Paul Giamatti is a, a disgruntled uh, wine aficionado and writer uh, who has divorced. Um, and one is an actor played by Thomas Hayden Church who is getting married. Thomas Hayden, uh, Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church are going to go up to wine country in California uh, to Buelton at all. And they're going to drink wine. And Thomas Hayden Church has one goal, and that is to sleep with somebody before he is married. Um when they get there, they learn Paul Giamatti's uh, has a crush on Virginia Madsen, who works at the Hitching Post uh, and is a wine aficionado herself. Sandra O oh plays a woman in the wine uh, world that starts sleeping with Thomas Hayden Church. Comedic antics ensue. Brett, they have fun, and it has a um, and they 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 learn a lot and it goes crazy, and then they come back, and it's very emotional. There we go. There you go. And That's a minute. And we're at a minute. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Um so, Joe, a movie that's close to your heart, you've seen a hundred times. Yeah. Um, what in this viewing stood out to you? Okay. I didn't remember I remember it being like funny in the sense that it's like a beat yeah. and moves. I didn't remember it being like laugh out loud funny. Yeah. I found it this was probably like I haven't watched it in a couple of years because I've kind of overwatched it, but 
it, man, dude, their dynamic is so funny. Thomas Hayden Church is hilarious in this movie. Their um, slovenliness is so funny, and then their their passions are funny. Their honesty and communication with each other is their friendship is very is like a great glue to the film. And um, so what struck me first and foremost upon this watching was the comedy of it. I never remembered it being quite so funny. Um, and then also, you know, all the parts that hit still hit. I find the end with Paul Giamatti and his ex-wife to be very, very affecting. And I always have. And I think it's yeah. Paul Giamatti's. That scene is the best scene he's ever acted that I've seen in his career. And it's just a wonderfully acted scene. Another thing I realized, though, is that Paul Giamatti in this film Acting, like as time goes on, good acting throughout all of film history seems to just get less and less signally. Yeah. Paul Giamatti is a great actor. He, this is a great performance and a great movie. But it's he still is like signaling emotion in a way that nowadays would be out of style almost. Yep. That being said, um, it's affecting. I fall in love with his despicable character every time. And the end... All of that signaling when his wife, when he's fumbling for the words and there's that silence, he goes through so many emotions in his faces, in his face. Um, just wonderful and and he's uh, trying affecting. To, that's him. That's that. That's that character like trying to be like a good person. There was no point in the movie where he has been motivated by a desire to be good. He wants. He is uh, jealous of everything. He is bitter. Uh, he robs his own. He steals from his own mother to pay for this yeah, bachelor trip. That's so funny. He, so um, ugly. He uh, drunk dials his ex wife uh, and kind of guilts her uh, about moving on and finding another person. Um, he is like miserable in other people's company and brings every everything down. He, he, he is never like motivated by desire to be good, yeah. except in that last moment. You yeah. can see him. Yeah. It's a very awkward moment, and it's he's great. very awkward in it. But you see him like struggling to sort of. Be be good in the sense of like being happy for somebody else and being happy. And he's not he, he you don't get the sense that the character is there, that he is actually happy for her. But you see him like trying to mimic that, trying, trying to be happy for her or trying yeah. to make peace with the thing. Yeah. And, um, he, and he doesn't. He doesn't. And he fails. And then we so, get then we so get my hard. one of my favorite scenes in all of movie history is him drinking his uh his famous uh long awaited prized bottle of wine in that burger restaurant with a with like out of a plastic cup yeah. and like and enjoying it probably more than he's ever enjoyed any wine he's ever drank in his life because there is no he's not like smelling it or anything yeah. he's not doing his whole ritual he's not uh um in, in using all of this this sort of like pretentious structures that he's built up to like be a wine aficionado he is just enjoying there's a moment earlier in the movie where he talks about this prized possession that he was this is like one bottle of wine that's so famous and so hard to get and he was saving it for his 10th wedding anniversary which didn't he didn't get to because they divorced before that and he ends up just drinking it in a like a in and out and it's such a oh, it's such an incredible it's one of my favorite scenes ever and there's a couple other scenes like that this movie i i i want to hit the other side of the coin from what you've hit the movie is so is so good at selecting its dramatic moments and at executing them well. Um, and it's a movie that, that, that is able to execute some ostensibly like heavy handed dialogue as though it is just natural and in the mm -hmm. flow of the movie. Uh, Cause the movie literally has like, there's a scene with Paul Giamatti and Virginia Madsen um, when they're starting to get close and they're like, 
Thomas Anne Church and Santa Rosa are just like hardcore fucking in the bedroom, and they are out on the porch because Miles part. is like, you know, is awkward and like can't, you know, has no game and this and that. But they're out on the back porch talking, and they literally both back to back have full monologues in which yeah. the theme is like wine is a metaphor for life or mm-hmm. wine uh, appreciation is a metaphor for life. Incredibly hard thing to pull off, right? Both in the scripting of it and in the performance of it and in the directing of it. Very, very sort of possibly heavy handed stuff. And I am, I, 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 I will often just YouTube that scene and just watch it. It is like, well, it is such a good scene yeah, of right. them, like them both sort of explaining what it is about wine or what it is about a specific varietal. So Paul, uh, uh, Paul J. Mai is talking about why Pinot is so important to him and what it means. And like, you know, particularly the Pinot of the central coast, because it's in the specific climate that this and that. And then Virginia Madsen talks about how she got into wine and, and, but you know that they're both talking, they're both sort of, they're both sort of talking about how they love, how they appreciate things, how, what draws them to things, the language of their, of their passions. And it is just so affecting and they both play it so understatedly, uh, but, but with such a sort of quiet intensity and it just, they, they crush and the scene crushes. Um, and it's kind of, um, uh, how, uh, the, in, in a nutshell, how the whole movie crushes is with this sort of, this like this 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 like there's this this depth to everything and this depth to the character um but there's always this sort of humanity to it and this awkward humanity to it at the same time um and it's just man that and then the scene where miles is stealing from his mom and then he like looks at all the photos on her dresser and you just get his whole family history in like a nutshell and the look on paul giamatti's face of just like i i i I'm, I'm, I wasted, I like, I'm, I'm, I've, I'm at the end of my rope, like yeah. is the look on his face of like, I am, I'm looking at my entire history. I'm seeing where it all went wrong. Um, and I think that was actually, cause you know, um, Paul Giamatti's dad was famously the MLB commissioner, major league baseball commissioner. Uh, is it Bart Giamatti was the fame? Was I, the, I think he was like a Yale professor and then he became like the MLB commissioner. I mean, what a crazy, yeah. A Bartlett Giamatti was an American professor of English Renaissance literature, the president of Yale university and the seventh commissioner of major league baseball. That's, that's Paul Giamatti's dad. <laughs> that is for once. I don't yeah, like this no is the only yeah, case yeah, yeah, in which yeah. I don't I didn't I was delighted by finding out that an actor came from like sort of wealth and power because what the hell is that <laughs> did I just say a Yale professor of Renaissance literature the president of Yale University and the seventh commissioner of Major League Baseball Jesus but I think that photo is actually him and Bart Giamatti um, oh really uh, yeah because Bart Giamatti had died in 1989 you know when Paul was like oh. you know probably 20s or 30s um, so uh, uh, it is there's just so many moments like that that are so affecting. When Paul Giamatti finds out that his ex-wife, who he has sort of entertained fantasies of reconnecting with, has remarried, and then he runs off into the vineyards, yeah. and then you he like runs out of breath, and you see him like sort of like touching the grapes as the symbol yeah, of that like, was beautiful. this that like sort of so unattainable cool. perfection, where yeah. there's like wine is the he can sort of perfect his knowledge of wine as a replacement for for his inability to like have any control over his own life or any sort of achievement in his life that he's proud of mm-hmm. that, that, that grape that is like this, 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 this sort of untarnished, perfect little thing um, that is so at odds with just the mess that he's made of his yeah. life. Those scenes, my God, like desire and failure and disappointment all like 
it's some of my favorite themes that movies can explore or that or, or that anything can explore. Um, but I love here that it is done in, in it is done against the backdrop of relatively low stakes of just these guys, you know, kind of going on a wine trip. Mm-hmm. But the themes are just so deep and universal and resonant. Great. Um, yeah. And I love how Payne shoots it in sort of that like hazy, lazy, overexposed, bleeding in and out of shot to shot sort of dreamlike atmosphere that is just so romantic and also um, uh, destabilizing. I just think it's kind of like expertly done with a lot of love. It's um, very funny. And it it's means a, chi- a lot to me. Brett, I mean, should we just tell Chicken them? or egg. Yeah. Chicken or egg. Yeah. And I think this is what you're about to get to. Chicken or egg. Did our love of the Central... I mean, obviously, chronologically, yeah, we, we both saw Sideways before we yes. developed a love of the Central Coast Correct. of California. But was it because of Sideways? Was it just sort of... we Like, the same instinct in us attracted us to Sideways and to the Central Coast? Or is there... There's some... Let's just get it, all, let's is, get it off right, our chest. Bre- so, for Brett's yes, please, bachelor please, please, party... Yes. Yeah. When Brett was getting married for his bachelor yes. party, we did a sideways. I mean, how do we not start and, and with Ka- this? I, and a- okay. Amy, because you're in the chat, we did not do a full sideways. No, we didn't cheat we on didn't our full wives. sideways. I wasn't running naked through no. through a ostrich, ostrich field. No, no one broke nose. Um, no one cheated on nobody. We, uh, but Joe, in, in, in just such a gesture of like kindness and understanding, knowing exactly what I want to do uh, for my bachelor weekend, um, uh, we went up to the to the Central Coast to Solvang. We ate at the Hitching Post. We did. We drank some great wine. Um, we went to Los Olivos. We went to, went to Paso, Paso, Olivos, Robles. Paso Robles. We, um, I remember us sitting in that absolutely incredible inn that you found for us. I remember yeah. sitting in like the sitting room of it, mm. and oh, uh, in Paso, and Paso, and picking up a copy of the New Yorker, and it was the one yeah. where they did like a profile of Rudy Giuliani. Oh yeah. And I read the entire. And it was, this is like they did a profile of Rudy Giuliani like circa 2018. Holy shit! Reading that thing, coming coming off of like being a little hungover from a lot of wine, uh, having a hitching post. Uh, we went to the uh, hitching T-bone post. still inside me. I'm reading that goddamn profile of Rudy Giuliani in, in his Amazing. cigar lounge at the top of Jared Kushner's 666 Madison Avenue. Yes. Oh, the just the just the <laughs> sh- oh, it was all truly. Uh, truly, it, I, I could not imagine a, a a a better way to spend my my bachelor weekend. It was the best. Was the best. I always best. want to do a sideways yeah. minus the infidelity and minus the any sort of sadness. Yes, but going up to the central coast. Amy is says, the best. "Hmm," yeah. in the chat. Amy said, hmm. <laughs> it's okay. "Amy said, hmm." No, no, no. You we, can, we we just yes. went to drink wine. It was very fun. Yeah, but um, but I'll, I'd do it again. Any in a second time. In a second, uh, it was great. Um, we love sideways, Brian. You, you 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 watched all of our horror movie films with us, and that was amazing. Like, have you continued? Did you did you catch Sideways this week? Yeah, actually, well, this is the first week I slipped up. I I I did watch all of Sideways Sideways this week. You, you got did. some Pinot in there as well. You you you, you doing a little chug lug? What's, uh, what's going on there? I don't. I wish I did. You man. want a beer? You want a you want a bud? You want a little? <laughs> you can have the Merlot. Yeah, yeah. I might have a little Merlot. Okay. I, I I watched Sideways. This is my second viewing, and I um I. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, okay. yeah. Good. I I remember loving it, and I actually I would say a slight downgrade from love when I saw it like 15 years ago, but still oh, really okay, enjoyed the okay, heck out okay. of it. Great. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, because I would argue that it's actually aged. I think it's actually plays better now I than agree. it did when it came out. You think it's aged that like line, a fine Pinot? I yeah. ain't, well, thank you very come much. On. Thank you very much, Brian. Yeah. Aged like a fine Pinot. Fucking me. Because I would say <laughs> these themes of um. 
of men who present like the top in particular the Thomas Hayden Church character I think has aged very well. This character so who at the beginning of the trip is presenting as this handsome rogue who can do whatever he wants and you know I might just leave and like you know the guy who um when he says he's getting married at the bar says condolences at the hitching post and he like sort of laughs about that and the you know in the beginning of the movie marriage is this constraint on masculine freedom mm -hmm. right and on, on men being men and men being out here and 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 he's like you know I might just you know fuck it all and move up here and, and start a vineyard with Sandra O oh and with with my pal and and you know I might start all over again because this woman gets me. And, and the only reason he's saying that is because he doesn't know her. It, because he doesn't know her at all. He has no relationship with her. Um, whereas, like, any, you know, relationships and marriage, these things are constraints. And you might have to just sort of do it to do it, to move on with your life and mature in some way and join the dad's business and all of that. But it's ultimately a constraint on, on masculine freedom and expression, all that. That's how the movie starts. And then by the end, right, by the end, he is naked. That, that scene where he, I mean, the scene where he got, he got he got the Oscar nomination for that scene at the end where he is like bawling and he is so desperate mm -hmm. and he is literally screaming at 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 Paul Giamatti, help me, help me go get those rings back because if I lose those rings, I've lost my wife and then I've lost everything. I have nothing. That just like whimpering, empty shell of a person who realizes that that they can't they can't pull this off. They can't pull off this like. Like masculine, the masculine freedom is now terrifying because they can't pull that off. That is just a road to like ruin because they don't, he doesn't have yeah. the goods to like make good on that type of lifestyle. He has, he's just lucky to be about to get married. That's the like, he's lucky to be even in that position and realizing that and becoming so just, 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 just pathetic and, and, and like crying and begging, please just help me. Please help me hang on to what I have. I can't, I can't. You know, that's all I need. Please just let me hang on to what I actually have. That arc is, I think, plays really well now as as a kind of not a satire, but just as a representation of of a certain type of masculinity. Um, and um, so I thought, yeah, I, I actually thought it was very resonant now. Um, and his line, oh, his line before he goes to because he has he has been like hitting on every woman that he's seen, if not explicitly, like, to Miles after they leave. Um, he has a quick thing with Sandra O's character, and then he um, uh, um, has sex with a waitress that he meets at, like, the very end of the trip, like, very impulsively, right? And before he goes to have sex with the waitress, he looks at Miles, and Miles is like, why are you doing this? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Just, like, you already have a broken nose because you already had one affair on this trip. You're going to go have sex with this waitress? And he looks at Miles and he goes, you'll never understand my plight. <laughs> and and phrasing it that way, phrasing it as my plight, uh, yeah. is, is, is so perfect because it's simultaneously self-aware and completely unself-aware. And that, like, balance, I think, is what, to me, has aged well, of that masculine perspective that's simultaneously self-aware but is not self-aware because he's the self-awareness there's some romantic romantic romanticizing he's romanticizing his own sort of self-destructiveness whereas yeah, in fact it is just self-destructiveness yeah, right. and there's nothing romantic about it you are naked in a field and you lost your wedding ring and the person that you fucked has ha is having better sex with their husband right now after you left right that's the reality of the situation um and that arc is is to me is is what makes the movie timeless and and what makes it get better over over time. I love it. Yeah. I love Thomas Hayden Church in this movie. It's wonderful. But Brian, you said it depreciated a little bit. Yeah, please explain. Yeah, what 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 was like? What was the ding before we go to beer fest? Oh man, I, honestly, hearing 
Brett explain it in that way. <laughs> that that uh yeah, that kind of something clicked a little more. Wow. Here with, yeah, yeah. Look at that. that yeah. Um yeah. I, I think you know what all right, the slight depreciation for me was I didn't find Paul Giamatti. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Also He I, felt he felt himself going off a cliff there and he pulled no, no, he no, reversed no, no. hard. Here's what I'm gonna say. I watched it with Ryan and she the whole time, I, I don't want to throw my lovely fiance. No, no, no. Well, please, she, please, she's please, she's next, actually. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my next thing's about her. Go ahead. I, I, she said, I cannot stand Paul Giamatti. And so the whole time Fine, we're watching fair, fair. it, she was just like, this is brutal. And, and I guess, I, yeah, it was, you know. Ryan's, uh, she, she's got a lot of sway, you know, you know, I, 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 she's a, a, a strong right. woman. Her, yeah, well, sure, I listened yeah, to her yeah. opinions and, and I, yeah. Wow. So I mean, I you're just this. literally just throwing your future wife under the table and saying, throwing my fiance I, but simultaneously, simultaneously, Ryan ruined the movie for me. Simultaneously romanticizing himself as a, as a modern man, as a guy who's listening, <laughs> third to, wave, listening to fourth wave. Feminist. Brian doesn't like Fifth sideways because he listens to women, which yeah. we respect now, actually, <laughs> Speaking of uh, my sister-in-law, Brian's fiance, it's actually a good transition, Brett, to our next film, Beer Fest. Do you mind if we, we move on? She's your sister-in-law and she's Brian's fiance? Oh, whatever. Oh, this is sister-in-law to be. My soon-to-be sister-in-law, but I, I've already adopted. When are you guys getting married, Brian? you have a date? No, no date yet. What are we doing for that bachelor party? What do you want to do? What do you, you want to do it sideways? I'm not saying I'm not inviting <laughs> yeah, myself. Brett's I'm just saying I'm, I'm just saying. What hey, are you? If if you guys want to do a Central Coast thing, yeah. Oh, Brian, of course I can't we even... do the uh, the wonders of the Central Coast. Oh, it's the best. The wonders of you will. Oh. Oh. You just drink and drive, and that's it. It's you, perfect. You drink the um, seafood. No, we're kidding. We're kidding. Um, He's kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Here's why I'm transitioning with Ryan. Yeah. Now, Ryan influenced perhaps another film. I get a text. Here's what, here it is for the Bergman's listener. I get a text a couple days ago from my sister-in-law, Ryan Asher. And Ryan goes, good luck watching Beer Fest. I couldn't get 10 minutes through it. <laughs> and I was thinking in my wow. head. And I'm thinking in my head. Was this click? You're like, is this going to I'm click? thinking in my head. Oh my fucking god! What happens in beer fest? She's out of my Shit. league. Click. What are we talking here? Well, getting... I guess I gotta like. I mean, look. So that's how that's how I went into beer fest. I was like, what's gonna happen? But then I I watched all of beer fest and here's hold on hold on. Yeah, let me okay. tell you what Amy told me. Okay, all right, because Amy, uh, we started together watching beer fest last night. Okay, I fell asleep about thirty minutes in. She watched the entire movie. I then woke up. Okay. with her having seen the whole movie to okay. watch rewatch it for the for the okay. podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And she said, as I was getting in the rewatch, she said. And I might be I might be paraphrasing here. She said, um, "If you have anything good to say about Beer Fest on the podcast, uh, when you get home, uh, the the locks are going to be changed on the house." <laughs> are you kidding? Is what Amy said. She said, "Do not say." She said, "I will be shocked if you have anything good to say about Beer Fest." So, ladies, this is that's I will. Incredible, ladies. You put us in a very tough position here because we look. I don't feel like I'm I, in a tough position at all. I don't, but you know, I don't. It, it, the type of position where I'm like, am I? Is there some? Is there some no. male sort no. of not male gaze, but some you're, sort of you're male developed. bias you, here? You're a smart, nice guy. Because I will say, and you can be, yeah. you can contradict me here. Um, uh, I don't think that Beer Fest is a is a, is a, is a great movie per se. I don't no. I don't think it's a great comedy. Uh, I think no. it is. Let's just get the like sort of the facts out. It is it is crass. It is very silly. It's pretty stupid. Um, I would be lying if I told you that I was not a uh, 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 large, largely on the whole, charmed and delighted by beer. Fest. I <laughs> loved it. 
I loved it. It's a heartwarming <laughs> laugh a minute. And, oh, no. Um, oh, it's fucking great. I gotta, how am I going to sleep? It's fucking great. sleep on the front yard tonight. It's fucking funny. It's a crass little movie. It's not a hateful little movie. Right, it's fucking here, crass. Let's, let's it's start, fucking fine. So, Brian, what the, was Ryan talking about? Yes. You ostensibly were watching it with her that evening. What happened at your house? She didn't get 10 and do minutes do you agree? Uh, look, I... Go on record. We oh, went man. on record. We, we're risking it all. We're risking, oh, we're risking everything right now. Okay, all right, fine. I'm not going to be able to see my son tonight because I like tried to Fest. watch Beer Fest twice <laughs> <laughs> together. <laughs> and uh, and both times got about five minutes and then and then stopped. And What? What? Okay, and, look, look, and this one, look. I think I do wholeheartedly agree with her more. It just was so... I, those opening scenes, it was just so much happening. I, it was all so I, all right, loud. Here, here's I what I'll say. A lot yeah. of, most of my favorite stuff in the movie, A, a it's a movie that definitely, like, the more, like, the repetition of things, it gets sort of better through repetition, and it's a movie that, like, a lot of my favorite, my, a lot of my laugh lines and laugh moments were, like, uh, in the second half of the movie, so I will say yeah, it, 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 I, 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 I agree. I find because the it, first movie, the, I think it's because of the first movie we're all sitting there, yeah. trying to find out why we hate it. Yes, we're all like sitting there for the first twenty minutes, like it's Beerfest's job to settle us down. And the first twenty minutes of Beerfest are broad, raunchy comedy. It's not like it's particularly fine honed. This is not Young Frankenstein, um, but it's very just like. Uh, broad and it and it continues to be broad and it continues to be raunchy but they have some like very but i want to distinguish it jokes i want to distinguish yes. it too because we have seen broad comedies we've seen raunchy comedies on this podcast here's how i'd like to start by drawing a distinction and then we'll get into your 60 second um uh review and then we'll be into it um so uh, we got joe silver in the chat brian, joe, joe silver brian, loving brian, beer fest brian, brian. You'll love Beer Fest. It's fucking, it's just like a totally sweet, Brian, you'll love beer fucking fest. You'll hilarious love beer with a bunch of good jokes. It shouldn't win an Academy Award. It doesn't, it's called no, Beer no. Fest and starring he, the Broken Lizards guy. It's not trying to win an Academy Award. So here, so it's fucking just a fucking broad comedy that's raunchy and fucking funny. Sorry, arrest me. Let's, let's start here, okay? Arrest me. Here's how it's different. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, there's two ways it's different from some of the other, because some of the other broad raunchy comedies we've watched on this podcast, I have laid into because I really, truly hated them. This I did not at all hate. And like Thank I said, you, I was largely delighted and charmed by me it. Too. Here we go. So, number one, there is an absence of uh, cruelty and malice in it's it. It's not hateful. Uh, it's not hateful. Uh, 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 I would put Click and She's Out of My League on the other side of that line. Click and She's Out of My League are um, sort of raunchy male centric bro centric um uh comedies in which i felt there was a large amount of sort of malice and 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 just just hatred a, a sort of masculinity wielded as a weapon um and i did not and that face. is and that is, thank you um and there is there is there is not um and there's actually um there's you know it's i would say beer fist i think has some I think definitely has some like you know misogyny, some frat sort of misogyny at work. Uh, but it's also a movie that does what I I uh, what I criticize Knocked Up for not doing, which is uh, Monique is in the movie and they let her yeah. have so much fucking fun in the movie. Monique's really she funny. let she is like they don't bring so the main like it doesn't have enough female characters. That's what I, that's what I say is a big difference. Sure, and like there's particularly the ratio of like meaningful female characters to the amount of like just like. Uh, like just tits that are shown kind of gratuitously Amen. and without any point. Uh, that that's like the big flaw of the movie sure. on this. Uh, you know, in this kind of in in this realm. However, um, like 
why I liked it better than Knocked Up is for two reasons. One, it lets it as a female character, Monique, that they let have so much fun and do so much fun shit. She's funny. literally a secret agent. It's, it's so much that fun. That scene where she steals the DVD and I've kicks been... him into the bat that of beer. It's so good. It's and so you can funny. see her having so much fun in the role and so like joyous and silly and it's playing on so many dumb movie tropes. It's great. Um also of course Cloris Leachman has so much yeah, fun. I mean, in the movie. Literally yes, Cloris Leachman. Literally Cloris Leachman is give her killing a crass it. little part. And yeah. guess what, fuckers? Cloris Leachman thought it was fucking hilarious. Yes. And they clearly, that's why she did yes. it. She didn't do it because she was fucking Harper Lee no. chained to the bed. Broken you Lizard know. loves Young no, Frankenstein, and they're like, "Hey, Chloris, you want to do like yeah. Young Frankenstein Part she, Two? It's going to be great." Donald Sutherland's in the movie. He's burping and, that, and dude, having that beer. That Sutherland scene is funny. When they got when that when, that when Donald Sutherland came up, I was like, "What kind of cachet did Broken Lizard have in 2006? Super Troopers. They had Super yeah. Troopers cachet, but they had just, they had done Club Dread, which is a huge. But once you do Super Troopers, yes. you have. Two, and also, three like movies worth of. And also, sauce. what was that? Thirty minutes of Donald Sutherland's time. It was literally oh, like yeah. on a Zoom. Okay, but, but or whatever. They, the they put him in happened. gross makeup, and he had to like drink all those funny beers. Yes, drink beers and do burps. It and was... so got Sutherland. You got Cloris Leachman. Yes, the Broken Lizard guys. Like there is a um homespun quality to their yes. films. There is a self maidenness that is charming on its face. Like. Um, this film is like they it is they made this. Nobody like made them make this, and yeah. they're making a comedy movie. They don't make comedy movies anymore. When I say a comedy movie, it's like you know all the beats of the plot. Yes, yes. And they, you yes. know, it's like just a good old fashioned movie. Yes. You know where the montage is going to go. You know when they're going to go and get the team together. It's just a good old fashioned plotted out movie. But they filled of the like fifteen opportunities for jokes. Nine of them are like. So funny. And um, I will say this. Yeah. It, it, nobody. So it doesn't have the cruelty and malice of Click and she's out of my league. It does not have the um, pretentious. There's a point to the storyness of Knocked Up. Right. It is a movie that knows it's a comedy that wants to be a comedy that wants to make. It's almost like a utilitarian comedy where they're like. It's impossible to make everyone laugh, but let's make like as many people laugh as possible. It's like a let's like ma- let's make as many people laugh as we possibly inspired. can. We're not going to everybody, right. but we're also not going to like alienate, try to alienate anybody. We're not going to be like mean and sort of callous it's about not it. Mean. And we also like are not going to like pretend like there's a big point to this or there's no. Themes. It's a dumb. We are going ever. to. We're going to do farce. Yeah. We're going to do spoof stuff. Yeah. We're going to be silly. We're going to talk to the camera if we want to. We are going to try to pack as many laughs as we can and uh, to the best of our ability. They're not like at the end of the day, they're not the funniest people on the face of the earth. There are funnier people. There are obviously s- or people with sort of yeah. savvier senses There's of much humor. Funnier, there are funnier people. Movies, yeah. But to their I've never seen anyone like like maximize their ability to be funny more than these guys. You can just see them in trying so hard to like be as funny as they possibly can every like packing in like every 10 seconds and it's, and it's great because when they don't have like a j- actual joke or punchline these guys believe in the comedy of like silly glasses and like big yeah, hats I know. I, and like right. and like costumes and like and like you Dumb. know farts and burps Dumb. and like they're like okay we don't have a joke here but so let's like get a silly hat in yeah. the mix or let's do a dance or let's have a dream sequence or let's they are like trying in every uh, every 10 seconds to do something that is comedic in nature and they don't give a shit about there being sort of a point to it or a theme to it they are here it's to be fest. clowns it's they're here fest. to be clowns and they're trying to make you laugh and yeah. they're doing their best to do that i have and not they, and they succeed sometimes and sometimes they don't but and like, i am it, not yeah. like i am ultimately not the audience for this movie but nobody i've never seen a movie before maybe that cares more that tries to do better by its audience than this movie it really you, tries to like do good by its audience and it tries to make them laugh it's and i honestly at the end of the day applaud these guys for like 
for just trying to make a funny movie mm-hmm. and not like trying to like not you know getting in their head like John Apatow or getting sort of mean with it I like, like other people. More, Joe likes knocked but, up famously, um, but, but 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 anyway, yeah, I Brett, I, yeah. I I totally agree. It's nice to see a comedy. Are there as gratuitous female nudity for no reason other than it's like the the son of a national lampoon? Maybe film? they'll yeah. There is that. honestly like maybe there the only that. thing I would I would like have changed about the movie is like I don't know like, I don't even know if, do with that I honestly but again like, I'm not the listen, audience I'm not here we're not here I can't even like I don't know if I would change anything the movie's just fucking called Beer Fest and it has a bunch of sophomoric uh, boobies in it like you know that's I don't know that's what a comedy movie was like when you make a dumb sophomoric comedy movie it's probably bad but like there were also like I don't know it, it was just so dumb that it just felt nothing i didn't like there's no up in arms in this it was just like wh- whatever have you ever seen like european vacation or something like they're just like randomly boobies i want to get like, a uh, it's six- not you know it's not this movie's not running for president i wouldn't vote for it for president it's not as better than sideways you know but it's like P- you know it's like better than pcu but it's like pcu ish like it's just fucking it's silly funny. it's goofy it's, like it's a, trying it's to make you laugh movie, yeah can i get a six second review before we get into like oh the sorry spe- sorry yeah, the yeah, specifics yeah, yeah. the specifics here we go oh, i'm so sorry folks yeah two american guys are German and their grandma, played by the great uh, and powerful Cloris Leachman, tells them to go to Oktoberfest to learn about whatever. They go to Oktoberfest and there they're met by a secret guy who shows them a secret underground world where basically it's beer Olympics and every country has their Olympic team and they have to compete in beer games like quarters and beer pong and chugging. Um, the best team is the Germans. It just, you know, blah, blah, blah. These two guys from America, they're actually cousins with the German team and they want to own a brewery and they have a secret recipe, all this stuff. The two guys, they go back home to America. They put a team together. That scene where Jay is like under the bridge, like normally this would be like unproblematic. This would be problematic and in bad taste, but like it's so funny because Jay's so, so funny charismatic and, and funny. Um, Jay Chandrasekhar is dude, legit he, funny he's so and funny. should be in more movies. Why isn't he like, yeah. oh, the funny boss in a scene yes, in a movie sometimes? Yes. He didn't do nothing wrong. He's just a working director. Put he, Jay Trinisekar in so more f- movies. He's he, so why funny. Why is he like the funny guy yes. in the scene? Like any like Jay Lynch role. This is even like that. independent of how you feel about Beer Fest. He is. He like he he really when he gets in the movie the movie becomes funnier and it he just himself does. even if you don't like the lines or dialogue of Beerfest and don't think it's funny he is Dude, he is objectively so... a funny person he's he's, really, he he's knows really how funny. to be funny he's very like yeah. charming seeming and he's very That's like it. hilarious anyway they put together a team they go up against the Germans and they win and they win the famous yeah. brewery and all is well and it's a dumb movie and the team is silly and the way they win is dumb oh, anyway they win by. Famously, Das Boot is at the end of a chugging contest. The last contestant has a, a boot-shaped uh, glass, and you, they figure out how to crack the code, and they turn it, and they win. Um, that's that's the plot of the film. It's just a good old-fashioned, just like simple, bare-bones comedy plot. They string a bunch of very funny jokes, including... Yes, please. Yeah, the, the things that like really I made you laugh. Okay. I don't know. And maybe we'll do this with Ramsey next week. Yeah. I don't know if this makes... 40 years, 40 laughs. For Brett's birthday, uh, when we did the live stream, uh, we took AFI's 100 years, 100 laughs. We threw it out, and we were crafting 40 years, 40 laughs. I don't know if Beer Fest makes 40 years, 40 laughs, but I'll tell you what, a joke, if we did 40 a jokes, scene, a scene. if we did 40 jokes. There is a great, there is an objectively, there's a lot of like good laughs. There is an objectively great, all-time great joke. There's an all-time movie. great joke in this yeah. movie. It would probably make 40 jokes, 40, 40 years. And Joe Silver is asking us to talk about oh, it. Oh, good. So we're okay. talk all about right. It. 
It's the landfill death scene. Landfill death and, it's and, so then, funny. and then landfill's twin A guy brother. on their yeah. team, long, I'm going to butcher please, the joke. Please. It's so fucking funny. There's a guy on their team named Landfill. He's a big guy who chugs really fast. He gets and kicked this into is, a uh, This is uh, Kevin Heffernan, who is like- He's hilarious. Dude. There's no official leader of uh, Broken Lizard. We know it's Jay Turner, mm-hmm. he directs all the movies. 100%. Um, but then the kind of like second in, in command is this guy, Kevin Heffernan, uh, who's like the big sort of big burly guy who always- sort of super Big troopers comedy joke. right ever forget, yes whatever. yeah anyway uh, you'll know him if you see him just just google his he name. plays a guy called landfill he plays landfill he dies because monique pushes him into a big vat of beer and he tries to drink his way out and he dies it's very very incredible. funny okay it's because he discovered that she's a spy it's, for the it, germans yeah it's very funny this movie's great this movie's, so this movie's fun. funny sorry okay. okay so then um so landfill's dead they all go to his funeral and they're like what are we going to do we need somebody else for the team and then the guy who plays landfill he comes in in like a cowboy hat and he's like Hey, I'm Landfill's twin brother. I taught him everything he knows about drinking, and I want to join the team. And they're all like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then the joke even gets funnier because he's like, so good. "And you know what? He's told me so much about you guys. I feel like we don't even need to do the whole awkward getting to know each other phase. I think we can just like pretend that we know each other. Like, I know everything about you." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then he's like, "And honestly, if you guys just in honor of him, can you just call me Landfill?" And then they're all like, "Yeah, yeah, we can do that." So then it's just, it's just Landfill. Yeah. It is so funny. 40 years, 40 jokes. Amy, Landfills if, on 40 years, 40 jokes. Amy, if fucking you, hilarious. If you, have not, if you have not left the chat, if you have not left the chat in 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 a disgrace of your husband at this point, I I I I asked her about this joke and she admitted it was no, very this funny. Joke is very fucking funny. hilarious. It is because then it's it's Brian it, has no idea what we're talking and about. And it has a we, yeah, because yeah, Brian dropped yeah, out at 10 b- minutes. Brian couldn't watch anymore. It has um it also is in a microcosm is what is one of the, my favorite parts about the movie. Is it the movie? cares enough about itself as a movie to create a cause and effect between everything. So there's like, there's weirdly no plot holes in this movie. They are almost obsessed with explaining every, like, why, um, because it's an impossible movie to sort of construct because it's so, like, random in the way everything happens. But they create, like, a cause and effect, like, why the two brothers had to go to Germany and how they ended up in this underground right. beer ring and why they it's have a, to compete against for. the Germans and it why is. they're motivated to do that, why all the characters are motivated to do that. And, like, why the new, like, Landfill's twin brother uh, is now just referred to as Landfill. So funny, right? Dude. Everything is, like, explained. But I dream they care enough about the movie to create a cause and effect. But... They know they're doing a comedy, and so they don't give a fuck what it's almost like a game as to like how absurd and ridiculous can we make the cause and effects? Like how right. stupid can yeah. we make everything? Exactly. Like we we are gonna create a coherent plot, but then the job is to make it simultaneously coherent and lot inherent and internally logical and as stupid as we can, as 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 truly stupid as we can. And the, the those two impulses working together is that's comedy, baby. That is like how you get comedy. That is the best because it becomes a like it becomes inherently a parody of a movie. It becomes a parody of storytelling of like we're going to tell you a story like but the but the the how we get from A to B to C to D is going to be the dumbest reasons we can possibly come up with. And when Landfill when literally because like Landfill's a major character when he dies, I was like, oh, he's just no, out of the I couldn't movie. believe it. I he's was out of like, the movie. Well, yeah, they still yeah, have to yeah, go to yeah. beer fest. They'll have to compete against the Germans. Yeah, who are they going no, no. to join the team? Landfill will still be in the like literally Landfill is just 
then like in the movie still so funny. through the through his twin brother who just calls himself Lancel and knows good, everything about all the characters. It's, it's so great. It's just it's make truly more comedies. Like it didn't seem yes. particularly I'm like begging expensive. you. Make a I'm begging movie. you make more of these. I'm begging you. you. Make a fucking comedy. Make these movie. movies that are silly and dumb and they they their full goal is to make you laugh and they're full of jokes and they're trying hard. And they're not hateful. But they are not hateful at their heart and they are not uh, pretentious and self-righteous no. either. Please, we need it. There's hatefulness. We talked about it earlier in this podcast. There's disgusting anti Amy's saying it's hard to listen to this. D- disgusting I'm LGBT. Sorry. I'm going to apologize again. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Brett's sorry. apologizing to his wife. Please what, you know don't what? change the locks. Amy, wait. You, come on. You didn't think the landfill joke was funny? Yes, you you like the landfill no, joke. Yeah, you like the landfill joke. Here's my anyway, things that made me laugh listen, real quick. There, there, anyway, there's, there's real hatred and yes. then there's like raunchiness and sometimes raunchiness isn't like for people's palate and like I totally understand if it's just not like your your bag but you know I can handle a bit of raunchiness and if you if you round it out with like very well written just like broad funny jokes like I'm gonna be a sucker for it I miss comedy movies very dearly this is a dumbass movie called Beer Fest made by a bunch of guys in a sketch comedy troupe it's it's funny enough yes it, and, it's like, and, look, an and again the, the crazy good, thing is funny. here I don't feel like I'm the audience for this and I don't even know if Joe is the audience for this it is a very like sort of like sort of like frat sensibility like pre barstool um, post national yes. lampoon but again it really doesn't have the sort of malice or 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 cruelty that turns me off from that genre and i loved the sort of enthusiasm for making a comedy movie i love the ambition that they bring to this movie i love the the uh, the like the respect they have for their audience to like constantly try to be funny in every single moment and again like when they don't have a joke throw a funny hat or a glasses on somebody yeah. and the other bit that i thought was really well executed and was funny and was like i it, there was a point where I was like, oh, this is going to be a miss. And then at the very last line, I was like, eh, is the um, the sequence where Jay uh, Chandra Sekar's character gets drunk and sees himself as like the disco that hunk. So and the right. So because it starts off that. Yes, it does. But that's not, but the, that's joke. not the joke. Right. So it you think, different. So there's a scene where um, Jay Chandra Sekar is so drunk uh, and he comes out of the bathroom and the reality uh, is that he literally has like a beer box on his head <laughs> yeah. and he like can't like talk say words right. um uh and he's hooking up with uh, Monique's character that's the reality of what's happening and again Monique is incredible and in is and makes that scene so funny um but then in his head he sees himself as a like John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever I also like the other funny part is like these guys are like old and their references are old yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not like a hip movie on it's the like, twitch stream people are saying that yeah. we are the audience and that's why we love this movie okay all, all right. i think you are the, that's fair I, I, but, but well, anyway, anyway, and, anyway wait tell tell a joke or Maybe. tell what happens basically it's like he ends up sleeping with Monique fair point. and the, the okay sorry so the, so, the, so, the so gag, yeah. yes so he um in his head thinks he's like a, a hunk and he's sleeping with a like sort of whatever conventionally like a model like a conventionally good, beautiful right. woman in reality he's having um like drunk sloppy sex with Monique and so for a second you're like you're oh, like no. you're like oh, oh, fuck this Monique's sucks a, because oh, like you think the uh, joke is like is like um is just like yeah fat phobia yeah, and yeah, like yeah. against you know Monique's character um and and it kind of feels like it's going to be a big miss and a big yeah, swing and a miss and it's like uh, here we go um but then uh as their J Trainer Sucker wakes up in bed and he looks over and sees Monique and then the whole night comes back to him and they're like covered in mustard because that was part of the Monique sex, right? Um it just heightens and, and she's doing really height, weird, right, yeah, funny, yeah. gross. And so sex the things. whole it's and he's funny. flashing back and the whole night comes back to him as, as to what really happened. Um and you think you get the joke, and then Jay uh turns to the camera and he goes, 
come on, I knew it the whole time. And then you're like, oh, I love it. This yeah, guy, it sells. Knew, this guy loves it, it and sells. he sells the joke. And you're like, oh, that the joke wasn't fat phobia. The joke is that this character uh, just is like a big old like he just loves like you know that's he he knew what he was doing. He didn't like the fantasy was the fantasy is the less desirable thing to him. He loved the reality of what was happening. Cast Jay so, and Monique Jay all and the Monique. time. All the time. Come They're on, great. Hollywood. Fucking funny. Anyway, our entire audience does not agree with us on the that's Twitch. That's fair. And that's fine. That's, fair. that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about We're being, being honest. honest. Maybe you think Sideways is pretentious. We said, well, get in line. And then you said Beer Fest is crass. And we said, perhaps. But that's just us being honest. Brett, I am so excited. I mean, look, we had a great yeah, chat. Yeah, Will Forte and, oh, Forte. Uh, and uh, Dude, okay, uh, Matt Fort Faxon is Forte's the- Forte's first line. I forget what he said. Yeah. Will Forte? That guy barely says anything that doesn't make me crack the F He's up. He's so funny. He's never not made me laugh. Anyway, I'm not saying this is my favorite comedy movie, but no. I'm certainly saying that no. it was but funny. But we are being honest about our impression of it. It was funny, and our, our uh, Amy hates it. Um, fair, Brian fair, and fair, Ryan fair. Uh, didn't, didn't get even very far. Because it, so, it starts so broad and so- yeah. Hang Vulgar. on, hang on to beer. Just hang on for. Just I'm not hang saying. In there, I'm folks. not saying you have to like it or this or that. Watch the whole movie though. Um, it is. It's the comedic version of another round. Dude, I would um, die to see Jay. They're, and they're more doing. Stuff. They're doing outtakes and end Monique. credits. They're just having fun. They're a They're a college sketch comedy group that came out of Colgate University that got like that 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 achieved way more than they ever they ever thought they would. Um, they didn't know anybody in Hollywood. I say they just like make these movies. Give like, yeah, just. I kind of respect them. Yes. I, I, they kind of lived. The, they kind of lived the dream. Here's what I think. I think. Yeah. I think we don't need to go back to Broken Lizard. I think Broken Lizard is is fine. They but did, I want Jay they had stuff. their moment. I want Jay in more things. I want Jay doing more comedy. Why hasn't he been looking like, at a TV show as like the funny principal or You're like fucking a up funny Hollywood. cop? That's he's dumb. right there. Wait, I really do wonder why. He works a lot. He directs a ton That's of television. Right. Maybe he just prefers that. He just, but he's, you're so good on camera. And he's like, I'm totally fine just coming in nine to five. And he's just been directing Community. He directed the Goldberg. He, he directs a ton of Goldbergs. He directs a lot. Of he directs stuff. like, okay. yeah, he directs. A, he's um, he's a great. He's probably he's not got a great, great career. He's, he's doing very well. He's doing amazing. I just want to see, see him, more. see him do see funny stuff. He's so funny. We should cast. We should write a movie and, and have him be a funny Jay? partner. All right, Jay. Brett, I'm now, folks. He's like, who the fuck are you guys? I have like a. I'm like an. I'm like. I'm not saying he would say yes. I'm just saying I would love that. Oh, all right. Hold on. What? It says he's uh, been in discussions with Marvel to do a Marvel thing. So, oh my Jay, God. do it, baby. He did a Marvel thing. I love. Oh, Wait, and he just I he just from... directed that uh, Joe Coy movie, Easter Sunday. He directed that. Brian. So, I mean, after our little chat, do you think you you know if Beer Fest in a couple of years it was on TBS? It's 11 p.m. You just get home. You had you know you had some pizza. You had some red wine. You're just settling down. You throw on your television. Would you watch a little more Beer Fest for us, Brian? All right, you're in. You're, you're you're all the way in. Right. Yeah. It's very funny. I mean, honestly, like Ryan, Ryan is one of the funniest people alive. Like, I there, there's there, there's jokes in here. Ryan's gonna like. Chad, yeah. Chad is with us on Jay. Jay has leading man. Jay, Jay has so leading man funny. vibes. Yeah, right. Jay is handsome. Uh, Jay directs TV shows. Dude, we that, love Jay. The scene with Jay. Jay. Like, at, okay, the very first scene we see Jay, he's like, it's like a bunch of like things you're all going to roll your eyes at, I would too. He's yes. under a bridge. He's a male prostitute. He sidles up to their car. He wants to like give them a blowjob or whatever. Um, he's like a girl. The scene? The commitment. And, the commitment the to the bit. The scene is so funny. The commitment to the bit he without malice. perfectly. Yes. There's yeah. no malice. There's no hatred. The commitment to the bit. It's totally silly. It's yeah. totally raunchy and inappropriate. LOL. And he, it, 
it literally cracked me up. I I, I was uh, he's just a fucking and star. talk about bring he, him back. He has one of my favorite again. I one of my favorite things I can't say enough is their desire to like provide a rationale for everything, but then to not give a shit about making the rationale believable. And that um that scene where they discover a like manuscript, a little page inside the their grandfather's doll, and they're like, "What is this? What's <laughs> on doll, this?" Yeah, and yeah, ends yeah. up being like the secret recipe to like the greatest beer yeah. of all time. Uh, but it's in German, and they're like, the, the, they're like, um, you know, the, the two characters who are uh, have German heritage like don't know German, so they can't read it. And then Jay goes, "Give it to me. I used to work on a German cruise ship." <laughs> and then there's no been no mention of any like anything even in his life that would have like provide like what he worked in a like you don't know anything there's no reference of it previously there's no reference of it prior but they needed a rational in that moment and so they just made it that jay used to work on a german cruise that's ship so and funny. then it was fluent in german that's so that's they such just, a funny it's just a comedy so, that's comedy that's comedy it's, it's like so a great dumb comedy movie yeah anyway okay brett and he I'm also so has happy, a throwaway yeah. line about how he went to like a prostitutes like they had like a convention in uh remember like he said they went to like a it was such a throwaway line but it was so funny he was like i went to like a sex workers convention in yeah, Amsterdam. No, they, they yeah, had yeah, some yeah, great yeah, panels yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. unfortunately is... for everyone the movie made yeah. me and brett crack the heck up and yeah. it's very very you know it's, it's, it's a funny dumb movie that's bad and if you're missing the nostalgic days are like oh i just want to watch a vacation-esque sort of film and i don't know i honestly just, have like, not you know, it's so dumb it's not it's not it's a harmless film. i don't know if I've ever seen Super Troopers start to finish. I have not seen Club Dread, Slamming Salmon, any of those. I, so I cannot I really speak years. for Broken Lizard as a yeah, whole. Beer, beer Fest is good. I'm only talking about Beer Fest, and I'm mainly like talking it. about how much I, I really, I was just surprisingly, you know, and if you think this is like, literally, go back and listen to our episode on Click. She's out of my league knocked up i think there is i placed in the in the uh constellation with those other movies um again i found it to be uh, a movie that was you that was not um that had some had some 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 thing, things in it that i didn't like but overall did not have a a cruel or malicious heart to no, it, it and also did not have uh sort of pretentious ambitions to be anything more than a comedy thank god yeah, we need more amen. fucking straight straight up comedies in this world not straight they're about up. straight up comedies That's they right. are about it's about just surviving the madness and having some catharsis and and not everybody there is a a a real a real nobility to people who just want to make fucking comedies and don't and and don't because that is a that is a role that needs to be filled and it's not being filled right now these movies don't get made anymore there yeah, are these movies i, I know because people would yeah. say oh it's cuz of the woke mob it's not yeah. cuz of the woke mob yeah it's because of um hateful stupid um executives and because of um ignorance and, and fear like make a beer fest amy says she like, likes super troopers yeah brett you know i it's so funny like i know that you are you like to come to the podcast and you know uh make sure these films are held accountable for like some of their old school or not even old school if you're like the hangover like the bs but when i was watching beer fest i was like i just knew in my heart i was like there's no malice here Brett's Brett's liking well, this I, film too. I'm, like, I'm, whatever. Because I'm honest, said I'm not trying. Said it ten times. We're I'm not moving trying, on, moving but, on. but it's a good point. Yeah. I don't, you know. I yeah. When I say those things, it's not. I'm always trying to be honest because otherwise yeah. we are we are betraying the purpose of this show. Right. So I'm not trying to check boxes. I'm not no. like on the lookout for things. No. I don't have an agenda. But but. Uh, the whole, being, the, being, the homophobia being honest, hang, yeah. exactly. Being hangover honest about the hangover so much requires worse you to than be, anything in this film. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Being honest about hangover requires you to be honest about the the hateful content in it, and being honest about beer fest requires you to uh, admit that there is it does not have that same uh, uh, engine driving it. Yeah. It is not. It is not. Um, 
uh, sort of hateful and dismissive in that regard. Perhaps women um, are used as sexual is, props. Yes. Um, and we said, and, 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 and uh, you're right. Yes. Y- 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 I think y- there should have been a, y- you know, the right. rate. I don't like the, the, the ratio, like, right. like, you know, uh, like, uh, I'm not saying you can't, you can't show tits in movies. I can't say, you know, but like the ratio of like the number of gratuitous, uh, um, uh, tits that are shown to like the lack of like of yeah. of um, prominent female characters minus Monique sure, or Corey sure, Fleetman sure. no, 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 no. Um, and the uh, also like show a dick the woman's so easy yeah, yeah, and yeah. fun you could like you guys I'm it's sure so, have like eight I agree great dick I love eggs. a good dick I'm seeing a lot I of just, piss I can't believe um, that don't you show can that get much away. piss you know it's like if, you're not show if you want more boobies in movies then all you have to do is just show equal penises and i think that that's beautiful um uh, no, Jenna, go, yeah uh, sorry uh, jen silver is asking why we don't talk about the frogs i'm guessing you mean when they uh the scientist jerks, jerks off, the, off frog. the frog that's a great I, I, that's a pretty I, good, I gag. Think the frog, good gag i think the okay so one of the guy's job is to jerk off uh frogs because he's a scientist like joe silver and i think that i thought that that was um a, a good swing that made me go, LOL, these guys are always taking a big swing. It wasn't my favorite gag in the film. It wasn't my favorite yes. gag in the film. Yeah, I, I admired, the, it, just I admired the, the ambition I, of it. I like it in theory. It was kind of funny. I, I, I didn't die for the frog. What I did like, though, is mm-hmm. that they always literally, like, they're like, okay, so I guarantee the way it came about is like, okay, we have this one page of like exposition we have to get through. Right. But we, we that, refuse. That's what like. They are that. fucking warriors for comedy. I they're love like, that. They're like, we can't just do exposition. I agree. We have to have something under the exposition as right. a joke. So literally as they're just doing boring plot exposition, they have one of the scientists like um, um, uh, masturbating a frog to get semen for this experiment he's doing. And they have like the what they I their best approximation of like a frog climaxing sound in the background. So you have this like frog being <laughs> t- being brought to climax. It is very silly and stupid. It was not like a laugh out loud moment for me. But again, I was like, man, these guys are really trying to pack in. They are trying to make a comedy in every second of the movie. This is not in any sense. Nobody makes comedies anymore because everyone wants to make dramedies because they think that they're more. They they think they're smarter than they are. Make if you're a, not Donald Glover, just tell a fucking broken joke, lizard. Right? Is like Jesus we have Christ. to pack in the jokes. There can't be any moment where we're not doing something funny in this movie. And I love the ambition of I'm that. I'm with you. And uh, not everything hit, but I respected the effort. Yeah, me too, Brian. This would be your favorite film we watched the entire season. Okay, let's Brett. Let's go ahead and put one of these films in the can and one of them in the trash can. And, and then, if you don't mind, how about this? And Amy did admit, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, she likes Super Troopers, but this one just wasn't funny to me. Minus Landfill's death. Yeah, my, Landfill's death is one of the top forty funniest uh, forty jokes. A of Brett's great life. Joke. is so a funny. Great joke, admirable. Brett, I she um, said then she then said perhaps in quotation marks. Okay, I like that. Well, she's a discerning. Um, uh, I don't think that, I don't think that perhaps is honest, Amy. I'm just gonna say I think I think in the spirit of Bergman's. I've I mean, met Amy. Perhaps is I've a known her for years, Amy. You cracked the heck up at the landfill joke. Enough. We have requests for Amy to be a guest on the show. I, that's, I, that's a great I, idea. I endorse that 100%. Amy, pick us, pick a pick a, uh, a duo that you want to do and come on Bergman's. Please, I'm begging you. Sarah was asleep when I watched Beer Fest. I'm telling you right now, Sarah would have lolled at the landfill joke at the very least. TBD about the rest of the film. So uh, I am going to, uh, despite my admiration Absolutely. for Beer Fest, very charmed by it. Uh, uh, I am a new huge fan of Jay Trenisekar. I just hadn't seen a lot of so these Broken Lizard dude. movies, and yeah. I was really impressed with what he did here. Um, I, despite that, uh, I think Sideways, like I said, is 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 one of the few perfect films in the sense that it 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 could it achieves what it's trying to do 
I, I, I just can't imagine it being better at what it's trying to do. I think it it, it it's blend of um, it's blend and really it's movies like Sideways I think in the way it blends comedy and drama that has attracted so many sort of pale imitations over the years and has probably made people not want to make pure comedies because of movies like this where you're like oh I want to do that because that's, yeah, that's such a, yeah, but yeah. like y'all you, you can't make Sideways no, okay no, no. and even Alexander Payne can't make Sideways no. again he could only make it once and yeah. he did it uh, so um, <laughs> true, uh, true, so true, true words I will put um, Sideways in the canon and sadly I will put uh, uh, Beer Fest in the trash canon it, it, there's a great tradition of movies I enjoyed going in the trash cannon and folks beer fest joins that proud tradition. <laughs> I enjoyed the film beer fest, LOL. Thank you, Joe and Jenna. I got my, uh, I, I definitely cracked up, but sideways is, uh, it's important to me. It's important to my friendship with Brett. I love the film. I love Thomas as funny as beer fest is Thomas Hayden church and Paul Giamatti are so funny in it. Virginia Madsen and Sandra O oh are so wonderful. And, and just the performances are amazing. The script's very funny. It's, uh, I, it's so uh, snooty and 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 uh, beautiful. Uh, oh, and sorry, fan. real quick. Yeah. Uh, Amy's perhaps was in reference to you saying perhaps women are used as props, and she LOL. was joking about your use women of are in beer fest are used as props. Um, it's a it's definitely a, 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 a negative for the film. I didn't make it. I'm just telling you, I cracked up at it. <laughs> So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to pull up, as we said at the beginning of the show, in order to um, find a competitor for Pee-wee's Big Adventure next week, our, our uh, season finale, our uh, 2022 finale, we are going to do a uh, bracket tournament, a March Madness-style tournament of all of the films that are in the trash cannon. We've seeded them out, we have a bracket, and we're going to pick a... Um, the best film that is currently in the trash cannon, in our estimation, and that movie is going to compete against Pee-wee's Big Adventure next week in a no-holds-barred, winner-goes-in-the-cannon, loser-forever-goes-in-the-trash-cannon competition. There's going to be a lot of broken hearts. There's going to be a lot of disagreement. It's going to be vicious. Alex Ramsey, the third co-founder of Forever Dog, is flying into L.A., flying into Los Angeles just for this episode. It's going to be massive. It'll be next Monday at our regularly scheduled time, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Do not miss it. Be there for that. Brian, let's pull up that bracket if we can and here it is um so um so we have 20 uh 28 movies here yes 28 movies and we've seeded them out um in terms of uh just sort of uh what we think are the are the best are sort of like you know, based on reputation, the way we've talked about them, one of the best ones. It doesn't mean this is going to be the way it plays out, though. We're going to be honest with each pairing as we go through. Um, so at number one, we have Jean Delmon, uh, 23, Quay de Commerce, Les Bruxelles. Uh, that's not I probably fucked that up. It's a long title, but we call it Jean Delmon in the number one seed. Uh, in number two, we have The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover, the pre Peter Greenaway movie. Um, that was a quick piss. And then in uh, number three, we have Drop Dead Gorgeous. Drop Dead Gorgeous, the great uh, uh, pageant mockumentary with Kirsten Dunst and many others. Uh, number four, we have Predator. Uh, Predator, which lost to Alien, but I was a big fan of. So we have that coming in uh, at number four. Uh, at number five, we have The Seventh Seal. Kind of more on reputation there at number five, the seventh seal. Um, 
At number six, we have uh, the Driller Killer, the Driller Killer, which lost to Candyman, and Seven Seal, of course, lost to Weekend at Bernie's in our very first episode, uh, which gives its uh, uh, a name to this podcast, Weekend at Bergman's. Uh, and number seven, we have Showgirls. Showgirls looking for redemption, a movie that we, we we liked a lot, but it lost to the Red Shoes. At number eight, we have The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, famous German expressionist film that lost to The Island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, at number nine, we have The Witch, The Witch, Robert Eggers' first movie, uh, which lost to The Craft. At number ten, we have the Fast and the Furious. Uh, uh, I'm surprised. I got to. I got to uh, during my trip to Georgia over Thanksgiving. I, I got to meet Colette in person for the first time. Wow. Um, we met uh, next to uh, thematically for this podcast. We met, we met, uh, met next to the Plaza Theater in um, Atlanta on Ponce de Leon, which my friend John and I would go down and see movies at when we were kids. We saw Requiem for a Dream there. Uh, it used to be very shabby, and there was an old dusty curtain, and we watched Requiem for a Dream there, and it scared the shit out of us. Now it's a little nicer. They've they've given a little facelift. Mm-hmm. It looks great. The Plaza Theater in uh, Atlanta, and we went to a bar right next to that, had a great conversation, talked about a lot of things. It's beautiful. Um, I'm surprised, though, that Colette is still talking to me uh, because – uh, we did not uh, adequately appreciate um, uh, one of her favorite movies, The Fast and the Furious. Uh, right. I do think it's very good. Well, we appreciate it. We do it think just it's very wasn't good. as good as Repo it Man. Just didn't beat Repo Man. All right, now Brett, wait, do you want yes. to? We're going to do this right now, right? We are. I was just going through the the. the well, oh, I mean, okay. I was going through all the it's all a lot. The, yes, yeah. thirty. Movies. All right, all right. We'll go very fast, very fast. All right, uh, good, good. Yeah, go at, for it. Because uh, it's also for the people at home. Oh, you know? I'm sorry, people I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Eleven Pi, Darren Aronofsky's Pi, which lost to The Matrix. At number twelve, this is also getting people to go back to old episodes. You know, it's like Encouraging, oh, like immersion in the I'm catalog. You. At number twelve, we got Gummo, which lost to Home Alone. At number thirteen, we've got Nosferatu, which lost to Blade. At number fourteen, oh, we've got Knocked Up, which lost to Eraserhead. <laughs> At number fifteen, Why? we've got The Purge, which lost to uh, Before Sunrise. Yeah. Ethan Hawke movies that happened uh, over the course of a night. At number sixteen, we've got Andy Warhol's Empire, which was actually Andy Warhol's Minion because uh, we couldn't get a copy of Empire, yeah. which lost to Nine to Five. At number seventeen, we've got Beer Fest coming in at seventeen. Oh. I predict a little upset there, maybe in the works. Yeah. Um, uh, number seventeen, we've got Beer Fest. Number eighteen, we've got Signs, which lost. To note. I love signs. At number nineteen, we've got PCU, which yeah. lost to the Prime of Miss Jean Brody. Why? At I number hate the Prime of Miss twenty, Jean Brody. we've got American Beauty, which lost to National Treasure. Yeah. At twenty-one, we've got the we're fucking <laughs> we're like just like crass morons. The more ever, the more we're doing this list. All right, people. There was a complaint from Joe Silver and others that we always Fuck pick Joe the Silver. art house movie. No, we don't. No, we don't. At number uh, 21, we've the got the faculty, which beat. I, I hate um, the faculty, Brad. I know. you. Hate, I tried to give an argument. No, but, you did a brilliant uh, argument. It's, it's a great no, episode. It's no Suspiria, I, which I picked up. I you this. are going to love this, Joe. This, you have got to make it down to Savannah. You've got to make it down to Savannah. No, as a horror it. fan, as a horror fan, Go on. there is, I want to give them a shout out. I picked up a copy of, when I was in Savannah this past weekend, I picked up a copy of Suspiria on vinyl, the original Goblin uh, soundtrack Very to cool. Suspiria um, at a place uh, called Terror Vision. Uh, Terror Ooh. Vision is this incredible little sort of like horror movie, horror merchandise store, um, but like legit cool oh, and cool. dusty and weird, amazing oh, stuff in there. And they are part of the Graveface family. Graveface is this uh, record label and museum in yeah. Savannah. They also have a Chicago location, but mainly Savannah, yeah. that is a museum of um, 
cults and serial killers and murders and old spooky pinball machines and cool. like weird shit. Very cool. If you ever get down to Savannah, just follow them online. Graveface yeah. Museum, Graveface Records, Terror Vision, a okay. very cool network of um, of uh, people who are doing spooky shit on Savannah and promoting Damn. spooky shit. Uh, really great stuff. Damn. Uh, I was listening to the LP last night with my That's wife sick. as we smoked weed and played a little uh, old school NES. Truly a great night. I love you, Amy. I'm sorry that I uh, spoke so lovingly of um, uh, uh, Beer Fest. Where are we I'm at on sorry. this list? Uh, that was... You said the faculty. 21. The faculty, 21. So 22, The, the Devil, Devil Wears Prada, Prada, which lost to the bitter tears of Petra von Kant. Of course movie. it did. Number 23, The Hangover, which lost to uh, John Cassavetes' husbands. Number 24, The Game, which lost to The Last of Sheila, yeah. the Julie Klausner episode. I hate the game. At 25... Many Saints of Newark in a Ray Liotta tribute episode, which lost to uh, Killing Them Softly, even though I don't think that's a great movie. I Number like 26, great performances, but uh, old blonde boy gets in the way, Andrew Dominic. Number 26, Secret of My Success, the Tom Sharpling episode, which lost to The uh, Sweet Smell of Success. 27, right. Click, one of the meanest movies I've ever watched, which lost last week um, to Synecdoche, New York. Wow. And I, I like your ranking here, last Brett. Last but not what? least, 28, the worst movie we've seen on this podcast, She's Out of My League. Well, that is the yeah. truth. That is a non-negotiable, by far the worst movie. Oh, right. I like the way you rank these, Brett. Yes. I think you did a very fair job. Thank even you. though I love some of these films. You did a fair job. Keep it up there. No, it's uh, Brian, if you don't mind. No, uh, no, I like the flash away. I like the flash away. <laughs> Let's see us for a second. Um, I forgot this is also a video. Um anyway. All right, we'll keep it up. Oh, I don't really know what to do, but I right, keep it up. Yeah, keep it up there. Keep it up. You know there. what I love? <laughs> this all right well let, let, let's get or so what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and go ahead and find who's going to face peewee next week again with alex for all the right, season all right. let's Here do it so the way we're going to do this is rapid fire we'll go through each one you say uh yours i'll say mine and if we have a uh tie or if we have uh, if we Fine. pick bit different movies then brian you are the tiebreaker it oh, doesn't no. and if you haven't seen the movie you just gotta go with your gut fuck it, are okay? you serious yeah, that's, right, that's right, what we're right, doing that's all right here yeah. we go all right let's do it uh okay I'll, I'll i'll hear arguments if you think you can do that yeah perhaps right. Right. it's quick ones yeah all right first bracket first all right so john dealman has a buy the first four of a buy so the first one is Andy Warhol's Empire, which we watched via Andy Warhol's Minion, versus Beer Fest. Oh, it's going to be Beer Fest every day. Of the I got to go with Beer Fest. It's on Beer that Fest one. every day. I got to go with Next. Beer Fest. So, sorry, Andy Warhol, you lost to Broken Lizard. Uh, but that's okay because you're a famous artist. Um, yeah, whatever. And uh, I, I, I like Beer Fest. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Uh, the Witch versus the Game. Obviously, The Witch. That's also going to be The Witch for me. Love The Witch. Uh, Captain of Dr. Caligari versus Many Saints of Newark. I Joe, love Joe, I love Many Saints Joe. of Newark. I like Many Saints of Newark. I like it. I'd rather watch it than Do Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. I'm voting Many Saints of Newark. Uh, I thought Many Saints of Newark was trash and disgrace to the Sopranos franchise. I'm going with Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Brian, you're, Brian, the, you're, we'll the, you're get the, in there. All right, first of all, Brian, have you watched any of these movies? Yeah, well, movies? you watched Cabinet. You watched Cabinet. Uh, yeah, I watched Cabinet, but I really want to see Many Saints of Newark. It seems <laughs> yes, up my alley. Yeah. Yes, pick it. <laughs> Uh, I'm picking that. Yeah, our first upset. Our first upset. <laughs> All right, moving on to the second bracket. Predator has the bye. Our, our second. Upset. It's our 13 seed Nosferatu versus 20th seed right, American hold Beauty. Hold on, so many saints. Yeah, many saints beat the what cabinet of Doctor Caligari. No, I agree. I, right. I, I like many saints. Nosferatu versus American Beauty. I'm picking Nosferatu. Yeah, me too. Okay, great. So German expressionism has at least one representative in the second round. That's all it deserves. It does. So, oh, we have not given German expressions. It's all it deserves. Do it. Created cinema. It's fine. Created. Oh, uh, so it's fine. No, I'm kidding. It's great. 
Um, but Gummo yeah. versus the faculty. Gummo. Gummo would be. I'd put it higher than twelve. I have a. If we next week, you'll hear about where we rank all these films. I love Gummo. I think it's fucking perfect. I fucking. I, I think about it all time. I'm voting Gummo. I'm. I. There's things about the faculty that I really liked. I made the arguments before. I liked how it presents. Um. I like that '90s vision of high school as like a total hellscape. Um. Um. But uh, it truly fucked up the ending to the point that it ruined the whole movie for me. So I'm going with Gummo as well. Uh, the seventh seal versus she's out of my league. Okay, seventh seal, Brett. I think we can go ahead and both say seventh seal pretty yeah, confidently. Yeah, but I, I will say you got lucky seventh yeah, seal. Yeah, you got really you got lucky. a favorable seating. You picked Gummo, right? You got a real go. favorable right. seating. Moving on to our third bracket of four folks, we have uh, the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. No, that's that, a that gets a buy. It's a buy. That's a buy. So the purge versus signs. That's that, a great that's one. That's a tough one. That's and, a tough uh, one. Brett, I'll that's start. A tough one. Signs, signs, signs. The Purge is good. I like The Purge. I'm picking Signs. Signs is awesome. Purge is good. Signs is awesome. Purge is good. Purge disappointed me upon rewatch. It's good. I like the myth of The Purge. I've seen all The Purge movies, but I'd rather watch. Just taking a toll. Sorry, I'd so, rather watch Signs. Uh, the... Signs, is, Signs is fucking amazing. We love Signs, Brett. The Purge does have a a on rewatch. It had some. It had a like a strain of cruelty to it that I didn't really like. That didn't really get like. Well, it's a horror film. It's but no, but like you know what I mean. There was like there was like a sort of. Um, it wasn't as good as signs. Yeah, I mean, at, like like almost separate from the horror. The horror beats I I loved. I thought the horror beats were executed well. Um, but the characters are so silly and pointless. Um, and yeah, but but it also didn't lean into that of like of like it. it because I also like horror movies where the point is just to like make horrible people suffer, you know. But that really wasn't the right. point. Quite, it didn't sort of lead. Yeah, that you're either. not wrong. Um, it was, or like have horrible people like succeed, you know. It didn't right. like it just didn't hit yeah, any okay. sort of note that I liked that justified the 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 thing of it all. Okay. Um, I think Science has a lot of problems, but but as I said before, I love M Night Shyamalan as a filmmaker. <laughs> I love original IP. This is the original horror IP head to head. Um, so I'm going. Blumhouse versus M. Night Shyamalan. In this case, I'm going M. Night Shyamalan. Science. I gotta go every time. Signs is much better than The Purge, yeah. folks. Signs yeah. is great. Yeah. Signs is scary. Yeah, but you're about to you're about to get you are about to get busted by Cook and Thief in in the next round. But that's well, okay. That's okay. We'll get back to that. Uh Fast and the Furious versus the Hangover. What a joke, Fast and the Furious. Thank you. Um Showgirls versus Secret joke, of My Success. Joke, joke, joke. Showgirls every time. Yes. Showgirls ten times out of ten. Uh, Secret of My Success, not good movie. All right, 14. All right, ready to the next one, Brett? Final bracket of the, the, the... Oh, this one's tough. Knocked up versus PCU. Knocked up versus PCU. Got to go knocked up on this one. Knocked up is my most uh, uh, controversial uh, like on this podcast. I have to rep it. I've repped it this far. I'm going to rep it again. Knocked up. Very good. Very funny. I liked it very much. Uh Based on uh, uh, the best, uh, the best David Spade performance of all time, uh, an incredible. Okay. You just get a full of all time. You get a full. I think it's David Spade's better than best Tommy Boy. I think it's David Spade's best performance. You know, that's like he's straight man to Chris Farley, and this one he really gets to be. Uh, David Spade is a young conservative, and they don't pull any punches on young conservatives in this. They are truly depicted as Nazis. Um, yeah, it's it is. It's pretty funny. It's pretty incredible. Uh, the um, the rambunctiousness of it, the fact that you get a full you turd, a full live performance, a full concert that performance that of rules. Parliament Funkadelic at no the doubt. very end. I'm going with PCU. Well, this is good because Brian actually and has split. Over. Brian has split loyalties oh, because Brian performed Great. on Judd Apatow's show last week. Where guess who was the headliner? 
David Spade. Ah. So Brian, who, and he hung out with Spade backstage and said, Spade's the man. Spade or Apatow? Which one's going to be, What's Brian? it going to be, Brian? Spade Brian? or Apatow? Spade oh. and PCU or how, oh how much do you want to work in this town? Oh Spade or Apatow? Oh, okay. Because you're okay. boys with both of them. Yeah, I mean, oh, man. I love I love Judd. I'm always trying to rep Judd, but I. Uh, what I, are you doing? I watched a few minutes of PCU and it looked really, really <laughs> freaking funny. Go. What uh, the fuck? Je Jessica Walter, right? Is she? Yes, yes, yes she's I hilarious. Oh, Very funny. PCU's good. I, it's I, not so beer I, fest good, but it's pretty good. Oh man, I I really I gotta go PCU. What yes! the fuck? Knocked yes! Up will have its day as a comedy classic. It, it, you, oh. None of you can feel it yet, but in 10 years, you can right. give me a Fuck rant. Jeremy Piven. PCU moves on to the next round. Um, Pi versus the Devil Wears Prada. I'm going Pi. I thought Devil Wears Prada was very disappointing. Did not like it. Just thinking. Just thinking. I'll go Pi. Pi well, I, I, I want to say Devil, but I'd be lying, and I have to be honest. You have to be honest. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, driller Killer versus Click. That's, a, that's driller a Driller Killer, killer Brett. That's All a Driller right. Killer. So the one. first round had a couple controversies, a couple tight tight matchups. Um, let's um, let me actually. To? You know what? I'm just gonna. I think this will actually be pretty quick. Let send me just let me send, let me send this to Brian so you can put it. Send up it on to the Brian. Screen. I'd love to see second round. That that, that that's great. Um, wow. I mean, the biggest surprise to me there. I mean, PCU. Yeah, B, PCU. Which they don't even. Yes. They don't. You can't even get a DVD. You cannot even. Of it. The only copy it, of it, it once again exist. is the, the one I uploaded to Vimeo. Is one of the only ones you'll find. It's not even on iTunes. You can't even rent it on iTunes or Amazon. Knocked up, uh, lost to PCU. That's a big, upset. which is which shocking. It's shocking that Seventh Seal got to the second round. That movie's a. a, a it had a easy zero. matchup. Though. It had a really easy matchup. Um. Yeah. Just some surprise. Some su right, definitely Brian, some email surprises there. What? Here's what my takeaway from round one, Brett. The trash cannon is just full Packed of winners. With hits. Packed the with hits. ninth best movie in the trash cannon is The Witch. Packed with hits. The Witch is awesome. Packed with hits. The Witch is awesome. Um, but also has some fucking stinkers. American Beauty, uh, I hope it, oh, it, it God. American Beauty would have lost 15. Seated pretty out of 15 high. Times. Honestly, seated pretty high. American Beauty is 20. A movie is That's why horrendous. I did the seating part partially on betting, like, reputation. Oh, net betting is so good at it. So good. That's the beginning of the great run. Here we go. Here we go. All right, here's here we go in round right. two, everybody. Moving let's on. Let's shrink this boy. All right, okay. Second round. Hold Beer on. Can fest. we can we uh, shrink it a little bit? I'm sure. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's hard. Sorry, at Brian's hard at work over there. I'm so sorry, Brian. I'm sorry, Brian. There it goes. There he, it goes. He's doing the whole thing. It's perfect. Brett, let's go ahead and get into the talk. Perfect. Uh, First round. That's fine. You can cover the whole screen with it. Jean yeah. Dielman. The Chantel Ackerman classic, where a woman cleans her house for three and a half hours. God, versus beer fest. What the fuck are we doing beer here? Fest. That's the uh, uh, listen, embarrassing. Folks. The John, we John had, we had fun. Buy. We John had Dillman fun. Get a buy to the final. We had fun talking about beer fest, but obviously Jean Delman, it's been in my head for for weeks and weeks. It's ruined my life. I picked Die Hard over it like a fucking fool. It's and torture. The fans torture on Twitter. Jail. Um, yes, anded me, and they put Die Hard in the canon. I love Die Hard; it's a perfect action film. But Jean Dielman is, is is a real one, folks. It is a real one. I'm picking Jean, Brett. All right. So Jean Dielman moves on to uh, round three. Next, we have The Witch versus Many Saints of Newark. For me, that's going to be the the witch every time. That's going to be the witch for me, Brett. As as funny and um, uh, as it is to say, I like Many Saints. Funny which, as, which is amazing. As funny as it is for you to pretend that you like Many Saints. Of I like Newark. Many Saints. There's some scenes I like. Um, 
moving on. Second, second Some great, bracket. Ra- a great, real, great Ray Liotta double, uh, double performance. A great, um, one of yeah. the great double performances in movie history. And I love that scene when they go out to the Jersey Shore and then he kills her in the water. Right great stuff. Great. Uh, so Predator versus Nosferatu. Um, oh, let's Brett. think about this. One. Hold on, let's think about this. You, one. you I think? think I've, one. I've already thought. I love Predator. I love Nosferatu. Um, look. Nosferatu, German Expressionism, truly creates the language of cinema, creates the language of horror, uh um, but But, is, you know, it's, you know, you can't do everything at once. It is limited by its sort of time and its technology and its abilities. I think it does a lot with the medium. I also think Nosferatu, I actually think uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari is far superior to Nosferatu. I lost the many scenes in Newark in the first round. What guys, guys? No, it, we have it, to talk about it. It's right. It lost the many scenes in the first about, round. That's insane. We have to talk about that afterwards. But <laughs> Captain Doctor Caligari is like the fullest expression of German expressionism. Nosferatu, I think, is remembered favorably because of one or two scenes. There is a lot of boring stretches in that movie. Um, but the there, are, there are some individual scenes where Nosferatu, like spookily comes into the room, or he's seen from a distance, or he's shadows on the wall that are amazing. Otherwise, it's. Let's be honest. It's a fairly, it's yeah. a, it's a fairly sort of paint by numbers silent, silent film. Fucker. Beyond that, um, Say it. it's not Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Uh, Predator. I was, I was blown away by. I it was way. I am not a fan of lock and load sci-fi movies. I hate Alien Two. Um, uh, aliens. Sorry, with the dollar sign. Can't see my um, face going. What? Uh, but Predator. I think was in in. in it surprised me because I, I think either I don't even I don't even care how much it was intentional. It really felt like a a sort of satire deconstruction of lock and load like uber masculine action movies. Um, that scene where they're all firing into the jungle and they literally destroy, destroy the jungle because of they don't even know what they're firing at and the thing that they're firing at they don't even kill um, is is such an incredible sort of visual metaphor for the genre. I'm going with Predator. Yeah, I don't even need to explain it. Obviously, Predator is better than Nosferatu. All right, now we're getting down to it. Next. Oh, this is a big one. Gum over Seven Seal. Gum over Seven Seal. Uh, guys, guys, Gummo is absolutely terrific. Is it Harmony's best? I don't know, but it's definitely up there. I am I am so deeply on board with Gummo. I've thought about it all every day since we watched it. I think it's awesome. I, it's the fact that I can't watch it again is soul crushing. And if it came out the winner of this and got to Burgatory, I'd be very happy because I think Gummo is legit. We were too hard on the Seventh Seal. A because Weekend at Bernie's was such so a revelation. Bad. It was a it was a it was a predator esque revelation of a movie that you thought you knew what you're getting into, right. and in fact. What it was was this incredible, maybe one of the best satires of 80s era Reagan America. I loved Weekend at Bernie's. We were also trying, I think, in our first episode to establish ourselves as honest and not pretentious. And so it was sure. a perfect matchup for us to kind of um, uh, establish, establish that, that. dynamic. Um, so I think in that sense, Seven Seal probably did not get fair treatment. It is an absolute, is one of the great films of all time, an absolute masterpiece. Um it is smarter and deeper than any movie that you'll ever find. <sighs> um, I um, I am going to go... I like Gummo a lot, but it's just more hit or miss for me. Are you serious? Um, so I'm going to go with Seven Seal there. Um, but Brian's never seen either. So maybe we've we seen both. Maybe we throw this to the chat, Brian, unless you have a hard feeling. Who, who wants to speak up for Gummo? Brian, what's I, it going to be? I Gummo have or Dipper seven? in here with me. Should All right, we, Dipper. We... Gummo or the Seven Seal? Okay. What's the question? Dipper, uh, uh, uh Gummo, Gummo or the Seventh Seal? Have you seen either of them or both of them? Big Dipper, former guest on the show. On, um, cover art of the VHS. That's right. As a child. 
<laughs> All right, Dipper says gov- uh, gummo based on on cover art. Thank you, Chat. Dipper. What does Chat think? What does Chat? Chat, think? Chat, Chat, Chat. I hate gummo. Gummo I, is gross. Gummo is gross. Everyone hates gummo. You know, I love it. And Dipper said gummo, and I think that's the rule. So Seven gummo- Seal, but Barbara Loden says Seven Seal is better than gummo, but worse than Trash Humpers. Will you take that as a compromise and move Seven Seal on? I like that. That feels honest to me. That feels yeah, honest to right. me. That I, feels I, honest. No, I like the take. Trash I also hum- hated Gummo. Look, we can't. Gum- the chat hated, spoken. The chat has Everyone spoken. hates Gummo. Gummo's amazing, y'all. But Seven that's Seal. totally fine. I I, I respect, uh, much like Eli Musk, Vox Populi, or whatever he said about Trump. Vox Populi, Vox Di. Vox, Vox Di. So we're, we'll go Seventh Seal. He's but so you, smart. You guys He's are so wrong. well He's so read. smart. He speaks loud. He's so well read. I, I, I um, uh, Seventh Seal, fine. But, Idiots uh, but run the company. I, I disagree. Run the economy. Gummo, Gummo's much better than All right. Seventh Seal. So Seventh Seal moves on despite Joe's... Um, uh, Gummo's better. Protests. Gummo's fucking awesome. No, Seventh Seal's better. Uh, it's the, not. The cook, the thief, yeah. his wife yeah. and her lover versus signs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want me to start on this one? So yeah, we're please. moving into our third bracket. It's I know cook. how much you love both. You love Shyamalan. He's the, the Philly. He's my he's guy. The he's Philly. He, he lives in Malvern. He goes I also to know how much games. you love the cook, the thief, and his wife. Yeah. Uh, his wife and her lover. Here's the facts on the ground. The I will signs, honestly kind of go with whichever one you pick. Here's, what, here's the thing, Brett. The signs, ha- signs has a flaw. It's the end. A, a flaw. Okay, yeah, sure. Signs has a flaw. It's the end of the movie. Um. It's just it just gets silly at the end after it's been so good. But Cook the Thief, that movie sticks to the fucking landing. He's like fucking stabbing you the whole entire way through. And that is my pick, brother. That's a big I movie. agree. I agree. Peter Greenaway's uh, uh, one of his many masterpieces, The Cook the Thief, His Wife and Her Lover. Moving on to round three. Against. Oh, this might be. This is a. All right. Well, this is. This I mean, is look, impossible. No, it's not. The Fast and the Furious versus Showgirls. One of the greatest crimes of the trash can, and one reason I'm this I fucking hate having my name attached to this podcast is that we have fucking showgirls in the trash canon. Showgirl Showgirls is an American or it's not very it's not American, but it's a movie that's about America. That's a classic. It is an incredible film. I love it. That I can't watch it again. That's ridiculous. Showgirls is everything I want out of a movie. It's fucking crazy. It's it's so it's epic. It's disgusting. It's 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 torturous. It's it's brilliant. It's hilarious. Showgirls every day. And look, Fast and the Furious is beautiful and and um hilarious and wonderful and passionate in its own right. But Showgirls is one of my favorite movies about this country. It has one of the greatest central performances of of a, of like a satire and they just don't make movies as powerful and as as um uh as biting and as uh bold as showgirls it's a wonderful movie great actors great performances um one of my favorite Las Vegas movies, one of my favorite American movies. I'm Showgirls like through and through. I am passionate about this film. Speaking of American classics, Fast and Furious deserves um, uh, deserves to be at a, in this era of franchises. It's the only one that deserves to be a franchise. Um, fuck Marvel. Fuck Star Wars. Fuck all this. Over, I love that. Which other? What, fuck all this PC bloated franchise and Mission and Mission Impossible. I love Mission, uh, Mission Impossible. Impossible and Fast and Furious because they earned that shit, baby. They I earned that shit. Did. They didn't just inherit some sort of like some sort of like bloated over commercialized IP that just gets slammed down our throats and it's too big to fail and blah, blah, blah. Mission Impossible and Fast and Furious earned that shit from the ground up. Yeah, um, no doubt. Uh, I loved uh, Colette's defense of Fast and Furious that we aired on that episode. I thought it Don't was very Don't let your love of Colette. What I, so what I'm going to say is... Color this. What I'm going to say is... 
If I'm being honest, I have to admit that much of my love of the Fast and the Furious has to do with the um, the way w- the production of it, the way it came into being, the passion mm. that Vin Diesel brought to that, uh, and the Paul edging. Walker brought to that uh, project, the way Michelle Rodriguez came and rewrote all this dialogue that like white men had 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 written for her. Um, I love that that the La Familia baby I love that family that came together around that movie and took it so seriously that it became one of the biggest fucking franchises um in in contemporary cinema I love all of that I love everything around it I love the again passion unpretentious pure passion around a movie around a genre movie the fact that a street racing movie has become this large Just franchise Just Jesus uh, Christ but I have to say that the what I love most about Fast and the Furious is not on screen, but is sort of me reading about how it was made and all of that stuff. I do like a lot of what's on screen, but there's also some big, big boring stretches and misses in, the, in that first movie, The Fast and the Furious. Um, whereas Showgirls Thank is uh, one of the most misunderstood and underrated movies uh, in American film history. Um, it is a bizarre campy satirical good, masterpiece uh, Elizabeth Berkeley's performance is is vastly misunderstood Paul Her- Verhoeven's direction is incredible Gina Gershon's incredible um, the uh, s- the sex scene in the pool is is one of the greatest scenes of all time um, and you'll never wrap your head around it and never fully understand what's going on there for as long as you live um, it's beyond sex it's beyond expression it is pure performance uh, pure cinema I'm putting showgirls into round three <sighs> I love that. I couldn't agree more. Sorry, Fast and the Furious. It's a great. Film. Sorry, we love you though. You beat the Hangover, which is you, honestly uh, in just the world an achievement. Yeah. not in the world of this podcast, but, but in the world, world in, in the general, larger world. Moving on to the fourth and final. Drop bracket. Dead Gorgeous versus PCU. Oh, what? Sorry, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah, you've had a good obviously. run, PCU, no, but fun, only because but you had to go against Knocked Up. Gorgeous, yeah, right. Drop Dead Gorgeous, uh, one of the funniest movies of the 90s. Yeah, it's insane that it was not appreciated in, uh, at the time. Yeah. And the only reason it's in the trash can is because Paris is Burning is uh, one of the great documentaries of all time. I uh, threw uh, Judd under the bus for that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we... <laughs> We kind of set you up there. I didn't yeah. mean to, but we kind of set you up. Nah, knocked up didn't even because of Brian. Brian, Brian, what I'm gonna say? I'm telling one of the you, biggest, the way, the way greatest you make comedies it, of the of the decade. Knocked up. The way you make it though, don't go back. There's no going back. You're you're yeah, all in. Up, you're all up in on Judd Spade. Apatow. Just stay all in on. Don't even mention Judd. Apatow. Just yeah, stay yeah, all yeah, in yeah, on yeah, Spade. Yeah. That's your best bet. So don't worry that you were. Look, next you time you have, see Judd, say to him, "You seen Spade lately? You, you may have lost a friend in Judd Apatow, but you." Gained, you uh, gained yeah. a key alliance in David Spade. Okay. All right, all right. Uh, Pie versus Driller Killer. I have a controversial spin. For, I have a controversial pick for you here, please. Pie. That is controversial because I'm Driller Killer all the way. I, I I've I, already written it in, so let me, I, delete, let me I don't delete it. Let me delete it. No, no. I, I I'm picking. I'm picking pie. Why pie? Why pie? Because you you balked on Pie versus Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, I thought about it for a second, but then I picked Pie. All right, go. Why? Tell me. Pie is good. Pie is short, it's tight, it's scrappy, it's weird, it's ambitious. He gets the job done. And I have to be honest, like I love Abel Ferrara and I love the driller killer. I think Pi is a little bit better as a as a whole piece. And I think it has better sort of energy and momentum as it carries you through the film than Driller Killer, which I like very much. Very, very much. Um, but Pi is a good movie. I, I don't want to pick Pi here. I obviously want to pick Driller Killer. I, I feel comfortable that Brian will pick Driller Killer and it'll move on to the next round. But I got to stand up for my Pi heads out there. Like Pi is competent and good. It's Aronofsky's best film, and and I, I you know, it was it, it moved and it had a had a message and I we, ideas and it, and it got the job done. Pi is very cool. 
pie is very fucking cool. And the mix of um, of uh, 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 Jewish mysticism, Kabbalah with uh, advanced mathematics, with the stock market, with I mean, just a very cool, heady mix of stuff that, that is made bearable as a movie because of the way it's presented as a thriller is very cool. Yes. Driller Killer, though, and I mentioned this briefly. I mentioned this sort of softly because I wasn't fully sure about it. But um, I mentioned on the podcast about how it was. 1979, end of the 70s. I thought it had been made earlier, but very end of the 70s, because it feels like such a 70s movie. Yeah, no, for sure. We get a Bernie's, 1989, feels like such an 80s movie. End of decade movie. It is playing in a genre that at that point had become a sort of laughable genre, which is like the urban vigilante, right? Um, And I had thought that because of Taxi Driver in 1976 and some other, you know, similar movies, exploitation movies. Um, But I was reading... uh, Quentin Tarantino's book, Cinema Speculation, that just came out with uh, um, pretty good. I mean, it's like it's very Tarantino esque, and it's, it's it's can't wait. To the read title it. makes it seem sort of academic. It's not. It's almost a memoir. It's yeah. literally just like here are the movies that growing up I went to uh, and and like shouldn't have gone to because I was so young that made a huge impact on cool. me. Um, and it's cool, and you get some personal life stuff by his mom, and like you know her taking him to movies, and it's a, it's, it's a very cool book, and but it's just very personal. It's not academic. Um, but he confirms this thing that these like vigilante movies, uh, he mentions Joe um, uh, is another example of it about the guy who kills all the hippies, um, uh, Taxi Driver, um, that these movies yeah. have become almost yeah. a, a sort of laughably pervasive genre to the point that it was almost being parodied. Mm-hmm. Um, and he shows this like picture. It's incredible. It's like um, a, a Taxi Driver double feature that they like that. um MGM or whatever the studio was like put out whereas like Taxi Driver was like double featured with um, this just like dumb like exploitation movie about like a farmer that goes crazy and kills all these people in the southern town called like you know the crazy farmer and it was, it's not that but it's literally like the crazy farmer and Taxi Driver <laughs> and the theme was like vigilantes right so it had become a joke and so the fact that, that Abel Ferrara plays on this jokey genre um, but delivers and a like really cares about the genre the drill matters it's not random like the Ah, drill is almost like a a representative it represents all of this characters everything he hates about the world will be solved by drilling through it and the fact that it it is um there's all those even though they're overdone there are are all those great uh scenes of late sort of punk era new york before you know the wall street era comes in and takes over and then it's like fucking secret of my success world right it's the last gasp of 70s new york it's gritty it's almost documentary style um i was shocked by how how much i liked it um going in um i gotta go with the driller killer over pie that's cool man Um, I, I, i gotta read that book but yeah yeah check out cinema speculation yeah i'm gonna try um but there is here's here's what i'm gonna say though Speak. There's a lot of pie love in the chat right now. Um, I don't good, want dog. to. I don't. We we already went with we. we, don't, worry, we don't, don't worry about the chat. You gotta be honest. No. But, well, but we've split the vote though. We split the vote because you're saying we kick it over to Brian. I'm saying kick it over to Driller Killer. Brian's Driller Killer. If one person chat, in the chat, pie, if one person on in pie. the chat in the next ten seconds texts the words Driller Killer, it's Driller Killer. If not, pie. There we go. Ten seconds. But there's a delay, so 20 seconds. <laughs> All right, so you're going to hear silence now? Yeah. And we're just, we're yeah. just watching the chat, see if anybody texts the words Driller Killer. I don't think it's going to happen. And if Come they on. do, Driller Killer moves on. Come on. 10. Come on, chat. 9. 8. It's actually, a Driller Killer could have gone so far. Six, I don't know if this is true. Five, is anyone going to just, someone, some, someone. even if you don't like it, anyone want to text Three. the word Driller Jessica, Killer? Jessica, anyone? No, Jessica likes pie more. Jessica's a pie. One. 
Pie it is. Pie it is. Pie's moving on. <sighs> right. Wow. Pie's Thank you, on. chat. I'm sorry, Driller Killer. My favorite thing about Driller Killer is when Brian was like, I love the, the <laughs> what did you say about the sound of the music? Yeah, the, sing, the single coils. Single coils, baby. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Pick that's up. right. Oh, that's right. Look at this, Brett. See, I'm on the side. side of the camera. Oh, wow. Hey. Brian, I, I don't mean to like undermine your role in all this. I just want to make sure the chat is appreciated as a voice Absolutely. as well. And I was feeling a lot of pie love There's in the a chat. Lot of I'm also right. on the side. And to be fair, I, I haven't watched pie. So No, you'd love it. It's you good. would yeah. love yeah. pie. Also, I don't understand how you watch movies, so maybe you wouldn't. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you like let your fiance tell you if you like them or whatever. Like I, I don't really understand. Right. What so I'm bracket doing. three oh. is coming to you now. Um, and then we'll put that up on the screen. Um, well, that was an exciting round, dude. Yes. All right. So so here we go. We're getting down to uh, we're getting down to it. Um, well, and we've already talked about all these movies. Let, so let's, let's just go bang this this let's bang this out. This, this, uh, this, this round out. All right. So Jean, uh, Jean Delmont the witch. That's the actually bitch. this is actually a good contest. That's, that's, that's not that's not simple. Yeah. This is a good one. I'm picking. Uh, look, the witch is really good, but Jean Delmont is much next level, better. baby. Next level. Jean Delmont. Next, Predator or Seventh Seal. This one's I've never had it. This is the easiest one I've been asked the entire day. It's obviously Predator. 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, I'm going Predator. Do you want to watch Predator has... or do you want to watch Seventh Seal? I want to watch Predator because I got my fucking head screwed on I'm straight. Also going I'm with... the most boring person alive. I'm Give also going break. with Predator because it does not have... Um... Uh, Seven Seal beat Gummo because of Gummo's sort of hit Gummo's or miss, good. and it has some 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 very some things that are just hard to get Gummo's through. Good. That even if I appreciate their necessity to the film, are just hard to watch and make it's the better. movie a little unlikable to me. Um, uh, but Predators not have that. Predator beat Seven Seal. Uh, the Cook, the Thief versus Showgirls. Joe, this is all you. This is your. This is a circle. This is impossible. Of, circle these, of hell. These for are you. these are like this is a circle two, of hell. two of my favorite films that we watched yeah. the whole entire yeah, yeah, podcast. Yeah. <sighs> ah, this sucks. Wow. You, but just here, here's the thing. Don't get out of your get out of whatever maze you're in in your head, and just tell me which film is better. The cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. All right. Um, I think uh, Showgirls is better, mm, guys. <laughs> I, I I don't hate anybody that likes Showgirls more, but guys, the cook, the thief is just tremendous it's it's it's, it's great it's, it's the it's richest great. film we watched on this podcast besides a uh, petra Von it's shakespeare Kahn. it's fucking shakespeare it, it, it's brilliant beyond brilliant um uh, brian what do you think we'll just talk i have it. to abstain this one uh, uh i think we throw it to the chat chat uh showgirls or cook the thief to, or dippers to in there we yeah. got one vote for showgirls already the thief versus showgirls you got any opinion Showgirls every time. All right. Showgirls. Said showgirls. Showgirls. We're going with Showgirls. We're going with Showgirls. I, look, it's no problem. We also need an upset. We also need an upset. Showgirls is fucking perfect. It's fine. All right. Showgirls moves on right. uh, to the final four. Next, we don't, don't got to talk about it. Drop Dead Gorgeous Ob or Pie is Drop Dead. Obviously Drop Dead Gorgeous. All right. So our final four is Drop Dead Gorgeous, Showgirls. Uh, Brian, at this point, I'm Predator not going to... Predator and Jean Delmon. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So Jean Delmon versus Predator. Jean Delmon versus Predator. Um, fuck. Listen, Predator was fun, but it lost to Alien. I mean, Jean Delman might beat Alien. That's how good Jean Delman is. I'm going Jean Delman all day, every day. I love Predator, but much like much it, it the same sort of ceiling that it hit where it couldn't get better than Alien for me is the ceiling that's hitting against yeah, Jean Delman. I'm Jean going, I'm going Jean Delman. But Predator, you made it to the final four, baby. So Jean Delman's in the final two. Final two. Who's it going up against? Showgirls or Drop Dead Gorgeous? gorgeous. It's a, it's a good look. It's good. Both these films are fire. Obviously, I'm picking Showgirls. Showgirls is the tops. Showgirls is tops. It I like Drop Dead Gorgeous. It's very funny. I enjoyed the film. Showgirls should be in the canon. It's one of the best movies we watched. I'm also going with Showgirls. Drop Dead Gorgeous is so funny. It's so funny. 
it is just the reason I'm going with Showgirls is the rarer the rarer pleasures of Showgirls. Drop Dead Gorgeous is so funny yeah. because it's made John, by a funny funny person uh, who was in the state and it has funny actors in it and they nail it and it's one of the best mockumentaries of all time. Showgirls is a rarer experience that you are never going to have again in cinema that, 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 that sort of stand, stands on its own in many ways. Um, I'm going to go with Showgirls. So now the big showdown. This is actually hard. The big showdown. I, I, I didn't know it would get to this because this is what I would like pick out of these two. I'm going to send Brian I mean, the final bracket the here. I cook the um, fee if I put in my Minus my, the final. Uh, and then you start thinking. So start talking out loud to me about John Dillman versus right, Showgirls. John what Dillman, do you okay, here's the thing. Showgirls. Showgirls is an epic uh, uh, that I admire from from beginning to end. It's one of the best movies about this country. It's one of the funniest satires made. It's such a big swing. It has wonderful performances. All right, Brian, it's, you sent that last it's, one. It's um, you know, gaudy and and grotesque and brilliant and cruel, um, and funny, um, and iconic. Unlike Jean Dillman, you know, Showgirls has permeated a lot of our collective unconscious more perhaps than Jean. But the problem is that Jean Dillman is a master at the height of her craft. And um, the film is totally and completely um, just just rich and uh, tantalizing. And you cannot look away, even though a woman's just like making herself like a ginger ale and like making the bed for three hours. I mean, totally, totally stunning and has rocked my world in my brain ever since I've seen it. The problem is, is that Showgirls has two. I actually don't know what to pick. I, um, um, I, I said Showgirls was better than Red Shoes, which and Red Shoes is fucking perfect, guys. Like, that's how good Showgirls is. Um, you know... I don't want to. I don't want to be here again. I, I feel like I'm in hell because I've already betrayed Jean once, but I've also betrayed Showgirls. But you know what? Here's the facts on the ground. And gotta be I've, honest. I've gotta be honest. It. Here's the facts on the ground. It ain't about none of that. It ain't about none of that. It's about these movies. It's about what's on the fucking screen and how it makes you feel. Brian, can I see my face really quick on the camera really fast? Can you move this over a smidge really fast? Jean Dillman's the best movie in the trash cannon by a mile and a half. Jean Dillman, I want to put it in the fucking purgatory. I want to fucking take it to Pee Wee. And I want to say, Alex Ramsey, Brett Boehm, Brian, Heaven Smith, we're watching Jean Dillman. We're watching Pee Wee. I fucking defy you. I fucking defy you. I fucking defy you to pick Pee Wee over Chantel Ackerman's masterwork, Jean Dillman, one of the finest, if not the finest film we have watched on this podcast. I pick Jean Dillman. And that's honest, because you've been, you haven't shut up about Jean Dillman since it went in the trash can. I haven't heard, uh, you know, I haven't heard anything you no from you about then. Showgirls. No, but, not a piece. But you yeah. talk about Jean Dillman all the time. Right. Joe's being honest. I'm also going to be honest. Speaking of rare pleasures, Showgirls is a rare pleasure, but if there's one movie in, in, in the history of movies that offers a rarer pleasure, a truly unprecedented movie, an unprecedented cinematic achievement, it's John Dillman. That's, yeah, that's why I voted for it against Die Hard. You're right. That's why I voted for it you against right. Die Hard. I admit, I freely admit you were right. I also freely admit Die Hard's a perfect action movie, but you were right. The winner of our trash cannon bracket is John Dillman. 23 Quay to Commerce. It's, it's destiny. It's going next week. 
next week against Pee Wee's Big Adventure in the big. What is really the summation of this entire first year of the podcast? It's I feel destiny. Like no movies have been talked about more than Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Gian Dialman. Um, and and no movies have been have been have been you know have we sort of tortured ourselves more about uh, than those two. They're going to go head to head next week. Only one can make the canon. We get to watch Gian Dialman again this week. Ah, yeah. Yes, you never <laughs> yeah. thought you would. No, I'm so excited. What if you hate it? What if you're like, oh, it's like, this is boring. This woman's just fucking folding her laundry for four and a half hours. Next, that's no, gonna be great. And we're gonna watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure again. Oh it's gonna be a blast. God. I wonder what Ramsey's gonna think. The man, see, Ramsey, Ramsey has to watch a three and a half hour movie. He he's a arty, intelligent he's got the man, plane, right? but he also loves a good laugh. Like I wonder where he's so we gonna have a go. tiebreaker next week. Sorry, this is Brian. Be so it's gonna be no, no, it's gonna be Brian's, Brian. You gotta watch both these films. You have to watch both of them. And you gotta watch them with Ryan. You have to watch John on start to finish. Will do. You yeah. gotta watch John Dillman start to finish in one sitting. But, you get one bathroom break. Here's the thing, Brian. Here's yeah. the thing. What? It's it's a long movie. On your phone, just pull up Beer Fest. You'll be able to do. Beer, you'll be <laughs> yeah, able. To, you can have Jean Dillman when up. she starts making the potatoes. Just start Beer Fest. You'll be able to knock out Beer Fest and still have plenty of Jean Dillman. More left. than enough Jean. Yeah. <laughs> All Same right. movie three times. I um Brett. Next yeah. week is the season finale. This is huge. Of Weekend of this is huge. We have a cannon. We have a trash cannon. Next week we're going to rank the cannon. We're going to see if any trash cannons are better than those ones with Ramsey, and we're going to finally put one in Burgatory for a final season finale oh, my matchup. God. Is Pee-wee's Big it. Adventure Don't going in the canon, or is Jean Dillman going in the canon? Who's going to join the canon? The other one, of course, Brett and I can never, ever. Never. And, and this you time, don't go to Purgatory twice. No caveat. No caveat. You don't go to Purgatory twice. No caveats. No asterisks. This time, it's for real. This time, the movie that loses, we never get to watch again for the rest of our lives. Will it be Jean Dillman or Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Tune in next week. See you Follow on Monday. Us at Weekend Bird. If you want to catch the live stream Monday, you want to catch the episode Wednesday, Thank folks. You. Let's live stream see Monday. You there. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific for the biggest showdown uh, of the of the year. year. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original Dog. podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.